And welcome everybody to Sunday Night Showdown. Sorry for the delay. We're having some issues at uh, Casa de la Texte with the pay-per-view feeds. Uh, looks like it's all good now. But welcome to Sunday Night Showdown, where tonight we will bring you live pay-per-view coverage of the Bash. No longer the Great American Bash. No, no longer the Great International Bash. It's just now the Bash. Uh, the second pay-per-view offering in the month of June. Oh, you got to be kidding me. It just it seems that way. Um, what a, what, it's a very unique card, I'll say that. But before we get into that, of course, joining me here in Casa de la Sexe, in the shadow of the Rocky Mountains, here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, the usual suspects, Internet Dave is along for the ride producing the show. Hello. Of course, Boom Boom is in the house. She'll be joining us momentarily. We've got Mark the Shark DiCarlo. Very, well, he's never outspoken, actually. Always has something to say. I, I know he's got a lot to say tonight. Whether you want to hear it or not. Absolutely. Usually we don't, but let you talk anyway. Just speak to yourself. Yeah, I hear you. And, of course, there's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, the incomparable J.J. Sexay. And we're starting things off tonight with the match that I thought uh, in my prediction pool this past week on uh, CarnageCrew.net. Uh, starting off the match, I thought we're going to start this off, the scramble match for the ECW Championship, which involves Jack Swagger, Christian, uh, Mark Henry. Is that Swagger or Swagger? Swagger. Okay. Tommy Dreamer and Finley. Uh, Finley. I thought I said Finley. Nope. I guess I didn't. But, uh, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to say that Tommy Dreamer retains his title. Why is it the one-on-one? Where's the other guys? Because oh, Swagger is every... Swagger. The rule is every three or four or five minutes, a new entrant joins the match. I know it's a bit of a Freudian slip on behalf of Internet Days. Yeah, but the Swagger is better, I think, than the All-American American. Swagger? Jack the Swagger Swagger? Swagger Swagger. Anyway, Sandy Jones is uh, Sacramento, California, Shark is where we are tonight. Sacramento, California, owned by the Maloof Brothers and also the owner of the Sacramento Kings of the National Basketball Association, correct? Always good crowds in Sacramento, California for pro wrestling. Oh, pardon me, sports entertainment shows put on by WWE. I'm very excited, guys, about this week's show. Um, not the least of which, I, I know Double J is really excited about his new microphone stand tonight. Provided by WWE to us, the hip swiveling, ravishing one, and I don't mean ravenous one, I mean ravishing Rick Rude. It, the doll that is, is Double J's mic stand tonight. But anyway, I said that. Um, a lot to discuss on this edition of Sunday Night Showdown. Uh, the entire cast of characters last night here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada took in the Prairie Wrestling Alliance offering at the Acadia Rec Center that was completely off the hook. And we'll discuss the ongoing uh, calamity within the bounds of PWA. Uh, a big week days for PWA uh, this week, past weekend, and this coming weekend. We'll discuss a little bit later on tonight. Absolutely. Here on Sunday Night Showdown. Bit of a change, minor change in the card coming up in Edmonton on Saturday night. We'll address that and every other issue pertinent to the upcoming weekend of uh, their seventh anniversary and the night of champions 
Um, coming up with PWA as we focus, refocus on looking at the pay-per-view as the um, Swagger pins Finley, so he's now the man with the target on his back. Okay. All right. So, uh... Swagger's a champion. Exactly. But by the way, I just want to make mention of the fact that the, the newest um, sponsors here are Sunday Night Showdown and the vast worldwide network that is SundayNightShowdown.com is none other than the American Stuttering Institute. Uh, Jeff, you did consummate that deal this past week, correct? Uh, what deal was that? The, the, the sponsorship that we now have from the American Stuttering Institute. Uh, yeah, I, I actually did on behalf of uh, Jack Bagger. We, uh, we now have that. that. Very nice. Maybe the most. Right, well, you know, I tried to get through to the American Lisp Institute, but they didn't answer the phone. But anyways, that's right. Um, lots of discussion at the least of which um, is a number of wrestling issues. Uh, we have a very special, our first Double J editorial a little bit later on this evening on Sunday Night Showdown. Uh, I'm, I'm very much anticipating that as we watch Tommy Dreamer enter the match as the opening match of the Batch, formerly the Great American Batch. You know what, guys, this past week I, I just delved into the uh, video archive at, uh, at Shark Tank's headquarters and caught some of the past Great American Batches in the World Class Championship or World Championship Wrestling Days. And uh, certainly some stellar matches in the past of uh, the Great American Batch. We'll talk about that a little bit later on uh, this evening. Um, Double J, uh, prior to going on the air tonight, we were speaking amongst each other about the uh, um, calamity that sometimes is pro wrestling and what's going on uh, worldwide in North America. Um, and lots to discuss tonight on Sunday Night Showdown. For the record, I just want to clarify something that, that you just brought up a second ago. Um, I, I have nothing against anyone with a stuttering problem. When I was younger, I had a stuttering problem as well. And, uh, and you I, are living proof that one can overcome the bounds of a stutter. I just like to make fun of Jack Swagger. I, I really do. Because yes. I love his promos when he's stuttering. But again, I'm not trying to be malicious or harsh to people who have a, a stuttering um, problem. Well, and it's evidenced by the fact that you are not a racist. You do like Dusty Rose, who has an obvious stutter. That's true, that. Right? Yes. And in no way, shape, or form at any time in the past, present, or future, that's all I'm saying, hard, in the past, present, or future, has Jeff Jackson ever been a hateful person? Except when it comes to certain professional wrestlers that will discuss it. We'll want to be professional wrestlers? There you go. That, that's another point entirely. I'll get to my editorial later. Looks like Finley is now the man as he just pins Jack Swagger. So Mark Henry still yet to join the match, but just like it's the old rules, but the shorter time period, whoever gets any pin of any one becomes the temporary non-put-in-the-permit-record champion. When the time runs out, the match is over. That person is the, the new champion going forward to... Tomorrow, let's just say. And, and you know what? When we have often on this show, on a consistent basis, made fun of the uh, booking non-prowess of uh, the 
Cooking Committee at, uh, at TNA for having to have Internet Dave, as he just so eloquently did, give a one to five minute explanation of the stipulations of the match, and I find that we are having to do that again with the opening match on the match. Uh, is it just me, guys, and maybe I'm not hearing the crowd, but, and I think that's the problem. I don't think the wrestlers are hearing the crowd either, as they seem to be very quiet in Sacramento tonight. Maybe they're on a, a cycle of general. Is it too early for girls like that? Well, I think it is. It is. Okay, well, I, I won't go there yet. At, at this point, you have to remember that it's a specifically timed match, so they know not a lot's going to happen until each person comes down and towards the final countdown of, of the final results. So it's, it's not a speculation to when the match is going to end, because we all know exactly when it is going to end. Okay, did you notice the buzzer? They've taken the buzzer from the Royal Rumble. The famous buzzer. The famous buzzer. Oh, what a spot here as Mark Henry oh. attempts the power bomb uh, while Swagger gets the suplex and they land on Dreamer. What a wonderful multi uh, multi man spot right there. And now the crowd's into it. Well, of course, that was a very good spot. Yeah. Everybody's been watching TNA lately. Yeah. We got a final five minute countdown. Whoever is the temporary champion in four minutes and thirty eight seconds oh. will be the permanent champion. Wow. And I, I just also uh, uh, want to take time out right now, David, you can get yourself ready for this and uh, sure. get ready to give the listening audience the second I turn on the complete rundown match by match of this year's bash um, as Mark Henry pins the current and reigning ECW World Heavyweight Champion, or I guess they don't say World Heavyweight Champion, this is the ECW Heavyweight Champion, Blinded Dreamer. Um, predictions, quickly. Well, hang on a second. I, every time he does that slam, I don't like to call it the world's strongest slam. I call it the Hungry Man slam. That's it. Yes. But he wants to finish the match and get back to the back. And, you know, for the Hungry Man slam, wouldn't it proper gimmick to be used, and you can question me on this, the George Foreman barbecue? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a good gimmick? That would be a good gimmick. And, uh, Dream is up to your head. Provides that with a somersault off the slider, and there's a third of the triple eye spot as uh, Christian with a nice dive. Christian dive onto Bobby Dreamer, and of course, Mark Henry to ring second win. Third blown up. Now, Mark Henry's going to the top. No. Yes, he is. But obviously, he's told a great call these spots from uh, from Monday Night Raw because Snyder cuts off Henry with a clip to the back of the left knee. Two and a half minutes. Later bomb by Jack Swagger. Swagger bomb. But now he's a temporary two and a half minute champion. Have you noticed the price of 61 year old Cody Atlas lately? That's Cody Atlas is a great great for a lack of wellness. Oh no. No. No, he's in great shape. Pass managers? Uh, I don't think we do. You would think that would be subject to the world. Well, I remember back in the day when Mark Pichardo and the members of the Shark Tank were in Stampede Wrestling and I was tested severely for wellness on a show-by-show basis. Unfortunately, the wellness that I was tested for was cheeseburgers. <laughs> Had quite a few of those in your day. Very well. All right, we'd like to uh, welcome the uh, regular viewers here to Sunday Night Showdown, Cable Cars, Kelly, Dave, C84, Dustin, Demand, 85, MXPW, Stancil Loco, The Power, Andy Knowles, Rita Loco, and this time New Jack, and The Power, Andy Knowles, and Ed Stratton, our greatest promoter. You know what? I cannot wait. I cannot wait till tonight. 
when the power Andy Knowles loses the bet, when Michelle McCool me for a pin, and he gets Christian. When Michelle McCool walks away from tonight, the women's champion, and Andy lost the bet, it's not going to be a good night for the Knowles family. Uh, he gets to uh, be on the show with us. What a horrible punishment. Absolutely, it is a horrible punishment. For him or us? One minute to go. <laughs> hey. How are you going to modern day Mark Madden? For those of you who are well to the radio industry yeah, yeah. in the, uh, in the great American Northwest, Northeast Party. Wait a minute, I, I didn't like Mark Madden. I actually like Andy Knowles. Here's something All right, well, you know, uh, Mark Madden is still on ESPN Radio and he's still for one year. He's still a beast He had a national show for a while. Yeah, he's not a dick. Before he got sick, he got kicked off. Oh, yeah, well, there eight seconds to go here. Wasn't it when he said that uh, Ted Kennedy got cancer or yes. something like that? No. Well, yeah. that's what, did anybody have a worse wardrobe in the history of televised professional wrestling than Mark Madden on WCW? He almost won insurance, if I recall. Oh, awful. we got 12 seconds going into this. Who was the last guy to get a pin? Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Okay. Yeah. Eight seconds away, and Christian goes for the sunset flip from the top. It's broken up by Finley. At four seconds, three seconds in, it's broken up. A whole bunch of Time has run out, and Tommy Dreamer, as I predicted, I am 1-0 so far. Tommy Dreamer retains the ECW Championship. The last man to get a pin was a minute 50 on the clock. As he looks stunned, and we can look right here on the Saturday showdown. Tommy gives the quintessential. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thank you. And WWE ECW one Don't forget, if you're in the uh, chat room and want to chat, you streamers, you can chat if you want. And, of course, you can change your name by typing in uh, uh, backslash Nick space, whatever you want your name to be, or you can register with Ustream. But Ustreamers, uh, feel free to, to chat, even if you don't have an official name. We want to hear all your opinions. Kudos to Tommy Dreamer for, for keeping the Absolutely. I'm glad to see him as ECW champion. I think it adds a little prestige to the ECW champion. Oh, because he was the, the only one left that was on ECW? I guess so. I guess he needed Chris Jericho. Well, he honestly takes pride in it. I'm already sure that was well. Right, 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 yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't expect much out of this match, guys, but uh, uh, it was very fast-paced and I moved a lot of high spots and uh, very exciting and a good match for the opening of the fast pay-per-view, albeit something's up with the, with the fans in the... Uh, in Sacramento, like I was saying earlier, when you know you're pissed off, when the refs were not getting a refund, like Green Bay did, when you have Green Bay Ross. Yeah, I think it's just a case of literally they, they knew how much time was left in the match, so they weren't going to get excited because they knew nothing was going to really sustain significance happen. A minute 20, Tommy pins Christian, and nobody can get the pin. As you see on the replay a whole bunch of cheap counts in the last. Literally in the last six seconds. Well, that's a very good point, Dave, that with the clock fully visible to the in the arena crowd, they, they know that exactly as you say, there's not going to be much of an uh, ongoing finish over and above what happened in a minute 24. 
All right, well, let's go over exactly what is this schedule to come. First, you have WrestleView.com, the official news source of Sunday Night Show. Absolutely. Randy Orton versus Triple H in three cases of Hell Nash. And guys, I don't think we've seen this since uh, Triple H and Steve Austin. Maybe no, you're wrong. wrong. 2002, it was uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight Championship. Correct. Right. Armageddon. So we have the coming from later. World Heavyweight Championship, Stephen Punk and Jeff Hardy. And look, we were talking about off air shark. I think this is the night where the, the hard heel turn finally gets uh, over once and for all. Well, I've never seen such a soft heel turn in all of my days. And, uh, yeah, if they don't pull it off tonight, I don't, I don't understand what they're doing. Well, I think they're going to they're gonna milk this for a while. I think he's going to be a cleaner for, for a couple of months. So I'd be hatred. And I think, I think going into SummerSlam, I think you're going to see Punk in, in full heel mode. Good. I, I, I can't wait for it. Uh, I want to something in the chat room really quickly. I, uh, I, I really feel the need that I need to apologize. What? I, I need to apologize to somebody. You don't apologize to anybody. I don't usually, but I, um, wow. How do I even go about doing this? To the power Andy knows, uh, you have my deepest and sincerest apologies. I had no idea that having my evil twin sister, Jafina, on Divas on Demand was going to be what it was. I mean, that girl speaks the venom. She had nothing nice to say about me. It was on this past week's edition of Divas on Demand. It was on this past week's edition of Divas on Demand. She did not have... She was still in jail. She was out. So down. And uh, she, she did not have a lot of kind things to say about her brother. And uh, Oh, wow. I, I honestly don't have a lot of kind things to say about her. We don't have a... We have a love-hate relationship, I guess, you know. I, I love to hate her, and that's just the way it is. But uh, I want to apologize for him, you know. I tried to get him uh, someone as a guest this week, or our co-host who called me was sick, and unfortunately, the best I could pull out was Jafina, and, and I, I'm so sorry, Andy. I feel bad, man. I feel bad. discouraging things not only about yourself, but other people as well? Yeah. Mainly towards me, not really anybody else. Really? So, yeah. Okay, well. I, I recommend all the all the guys that if you're not a member of the WrestleView VIP, sign up. Four ninety nine a month. Go listen to Divas on Demand. It's a great show with, with Andy when he's not talking about Mickey James. And listen to Jafina, because, oh, my God. All right, we got Lester. We got Intercontinental Championship coming up. Mask versus title, Jericho and Mysterio. I'm, I'm thinking Mysterio. Mysterio. Exactly. Uh, I'm expecting this year to get the belt back. You are. Yeah, I know. Well, it's funny because all the previews shows like he'll unmask for the first time ever. Well, that's not really no. true. But it's kayfabe, and what are you going to do about it? But uh, I mean, I would be shocked and amazed if Chris Jericho wins the match today. Uh, there's no way Chris Jericho goes over tonight because, again, and I've said this on the, the past couple shows, Carnage Crew and, of course, Wrestling News Live for the prediction show on Thursday. Um, that, mer- that mask is like number two in the merchandise. There is no way in hell they're taking that mask off Ray Mysterio. That would be like merchandise suicide, okay? And I'm not talking about TNA, okay? I'm talking about Ray Mysterio, okay? Don't see him losing uh, the mask. I think Jericho, if he loses the Intercontinental title, it's not really that big a loss. He can just kind of move his way into possibly the World Heavyweight Championship. So, um, again, I just don't see any way. And honestly, I wanted to see Rey Mysterio with maybe a double mask scenario where he pulls one off 
and Ray has the other one, and that distracts Jericho, where Mysterio gets the cheap roll-up win and wins the Intercontinental Championship. But it's looking at this point in time like Ray has just the one mask on. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. I'm sticking with, with uh, Mysterio. Well, it should be uh, very interesting to see what happens between uh, Jericho and Mysterio, and, and really the two of them have done it, an outstanding job throughout this huge uh, program that they've been writing for the last uh, little while in, in, on SmackDown, and uh, I found it to be very, very interesting. Uh, you know, who is doing this with some of the opponents um, that have been booked for him to work with over the last few years in WWE, not very good, some of them, uh, and, and he certainly has, in his latter career, um, had the opportunity to work with men a lot bigger than him, Kali, uh, um, Big Show, so on and so forth, and it's nice to see that they, they've got somebody that can actually wrestle and Good on board Chris Jericho and Mysterio. They've done an excellent job of this program. Well, if you think about it, the problem with actually taking that mask off of Rey Mysterio is that he would look like a 12-year-old kid. The only thing, the only distinction that really separates him from being a child, despite his size, are all the tattoos he has. Otherwise, you would think, what's a 12-year-old kid wrestling Chris Jericho for? Right. So, again, I think he's more profitable, and I think he's, he's much better with a mask on. I wasn't a big fan of the unmasked ring Mysterio in WCW. No, no, I wasn't. No, no, there's only one thing worse than an unmasked ring Mysterio, and that, of course, was an unmasked Cooper Drew Guerrero. I would take a clean answer. I close Yeah, the, the Mexicals, as we'll all recall. Yeah. is a pretty ugly motherfucker. I should, I should, he is. Actually, he is an ugly dude. And you know what? He's on Triple uh, A Lucha Libre, which, of course, I caught once again yesterday to go up to uh, uh, another huge program coming up. And uh, uh, that is one of the huge psychosis. No, he, he is quite ugly. I'll, I'll admit that. I'm almost, I'm almost nostalgic here. I feel like I should dig out my old LWO team music. Yeah, LWO. Wow. What about, what about the filthy animals? I've got that too. <laughs> <laughs> I might go out and do an email later. Oh, it is. Jericho wins here on Sunday Night Show. If Jericho wins, we got to play that, that filthy animals, because that's literally what right he went into afterwards. Well, okay. If, if that happens, good on me. Do it up. I'll just send it to him. Here, I'll add it. Okay. Now, I want to be mention the fact that a good friend of. Each and every one of the co-hosts here on Sunday Night Showdown, of course, I speak none other than the ravenous one, Randy Myers, has signed, of course, for those of you that don't know, a uh, WWE developmental contract and will soon be going to have his wellness test. And subsequently, after that, he will be going to for the championship wrestling. And uh, him uh, being in one of the two main events on the TWA show last night here in Calgary, the Canadian Rec Center, against um, a long-time cohort of Double J, of course, Ezekiel Castillo, um, who is the current and reigning TWA Mayhem champion, a hardcore championship belt, if ever there was one. Uh, and by the way, I think that and all three of us having seen the card last night, have to agree that that match between Steele and, and Myers last night was, for hardcore matches, pretty freaking good. Oh, I, I gotta interrupt you for so one second there. What an amazing spot is it? show the replay in a second. Jericho uh, grabs Ray Mysterio in a um, 
Oh, uh, here's the replay right here. I, I mean, it was a very special position there. And rams him right against the, the guardrail. Head first. Head first. That was, uh... Shades of the Kevin Nash lawn guard of, of Ray Ray into the side of the, uh, uh, mobile home. Actually, I was thinking it was more like when the big show picked the stretcher up and ran him into the ring post. But, um, I also want to say Crowley. That's a bad joke, man. Bad, Crowley. Bad. Bad joke in the chat room? For those of us listening to the other I don't even tell us what the joke was. A, a grown man wrestling with a person who looks 12, insert joke here. Too soon, Crowley. Too soon. I asked very humbly earlier in the show, Crowley, that if it was too soon for that type of joke, and we all concurred that it was. However, Crowley, you're, you're, you're entitled to your own opinion. And so far, it has been your own. Anyway, I'm not even going to go into the whole No, that's not. That's not. But you are the smoothest criminal I've met this week. So, uh, anyways, um, pretty good wrap of this Randy story. And so he he's in Florida Championship Wrestling. There's a, the once a year big tryout camp. Sixty eight invitees to the camp. There's been various uh, dignitaries in WWE, including Dusty Rhodes, um, Dean Malenko, Steve Kern, my grandma all from uh, Florida Championship Wrestling, and of course even. Pat Patterson is there. Now, each is a three-day thing, and each of the uh, assisting workers have two matches, one day one, one day two, and on day three, it's a promo fest. And rather than Randy Myers in his first match on day one, actually gets to work with somebody that he worked with before and that he knows and that we all know uh, from the rest of the Super Shows and the Bad News Hour Super Show, none other than Hannibal, Kevin Nicholson, originally from Iowa, Ontario, Canada. And uh, Randy is exposed to me, was very happy to work with somebody that he knew they had a very good match. And in day two, he worked with Ring of Honor's Joey Ryan. Oh, that was, I'm sure that was fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. Joey Ryan is fantastic. He is. And for those of you that don't know who Rabbit is Randy Myers is, he is a very, very, uh, he had a nine-year professional wrestling career in, in Western Canada, trained in the Hart Dungeon uh, by various members of the Hart family, um, not the least of which was Bruce and Ross Hart, uh, but spent a lot of time training, and he's a very, very good wrestler, but he's got a very, very unique gimmick, and his name is Rock the Hawk. He's got a mohawk hairdo. He's got the most colorful tights, maybe, that I've seen since Ravishing Rick Rude. And I'm sure I did last night. No question, and a very, very good wrestler. Day three at SCW at the training facility, they cut promos. Of the 68... Wannabes, if there were there, only four got through, not only got through their promo, but weren't asked or critiqued by Dusty or anybody else to be cut off or have to redo it. And lo and behold, Ravis Randy Myers has signed a WWE developmental contract on behalf of everybody, not only here on Sunday Night Showdown, but our vast listening audience around the world. Congratulations and kudos to Randy Myers. You deserve it, bro. And uh, the ravenous one will live on in World Wrestling Entertainment. And hopefully, he gets to keep his gimmick because it's certainly something that would go over, in, in, in my humble estimation, very well with the fans in the WWE Universe. You know what? I, I hope he does keep the ravenous Randy gimmick. If he doesn't, then, you know, obviously they'll have something for him. But I think that 
he has really busted his ass. Right? Yeah, well, and anything that they can give to him would be better, Double J, than the gimmick that he has now. I would agree, but at the same time, we're not the ones who's picking the uh, the show. So true, but it will be very interesting at the United Champions Seven Up in Edmonton this Saturday in his blow-off match with his long-standing nemesis, your former cohort, Cecil Cristiano, in a rematch for the Mayhem Championship. But this time, it's under hardcore, anything goes rules. Bring your own weapons, fans. And the special guest enforcer at ringside is none other than the hardcore legend and currently, well, the former TNA World Champion, Mick Foley. And one of the only men to actually call me the gigolo. And actually, I've on the last few shows been calling you the gigolo, but you pointed out that you can't be, in essence, in real life, the gigolo anymore because you're married. It's true, I married and had children. Well, it's hard to be a gigolo unless I'm doing it on the side. Married children. Al Bundy. No, no. He's still a gigolo. Al Bundy was the, he was that gigolo shoe salesman, yeah, right. All the tail that he saw in there, come on. Um, I, I want to say this, but I want to clarify that uh, I really think that the sexual Chris Steele, as we like to call him, the real deal Chris Steele, Oh, breaking news in the pay-per-view. Uh, did you show the replay? Ray Mysterio does a senton from the top onto Chris Jericho on the outside. He's on the rope now, going for a flying body press, and he's out at two and three-fourths. But I really think that Chris Hill needs better management. He needs better representation. And I can think of no one better than myself. Thank you. Because you guys, as we watched the show last night, I made a comment that... that Exactly that. Chris Steele needed better management. I'm not down with the whole Tina Steele deal, Drew Dolby, blah, 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 Boris, who has another stuttering problem, that ingrate with wannabe water boy. I, I, I don't see, you know what? The best thing that I saw last night was with Drew Dolby and wannabe Jeff Jackson. The wannabe Marcus Sharp DiCarlo took a nasty ass bump and cut his head on the floor. I really enjoyed that. They go to this three point jump from one, oh, one rope to the other, and Davey is that moonsault by Ray Sarah. Yeah, and he nailed him right in the face. Yeah, where did he get a knee sandwich there? Oh, yeah, he did. Wow. Springboard moonsault, that's what we're at. Alright, so what else is on the, uh, the card for tonight? John Cena and The Miz? Hopefully this lasts about six seconds. No, no, I'm looking forward to that. You know what? I am too, because I, I have a, a prediction that's going to happen here. I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Most over. Most people that have already listened to uh, Carnage Crew and, of course, Wrestling News Live know my predictions. That being that the Miz is going to go over with help from the Big Show, because the Big Show is going to realize that the Miz helped him out. So he's going to help the Miz go over against John Cena, and when the match is over, he's going to choke slam the living shit out of the Miz. <laughs> So the news will go over. Well, you know, every time you give a prediction, Gigolo, or is it the Gigolo? The Gigolo. The. There is none better. It's okay. the Gigolo. All right, Gigolo. All right, Gigolo. Double J, if you will. Every time you come up with a great fantasy booking scenario that is way better than anything that we see at an actual finish, and I talk, and I say, you know what? That is fantastic. That's a really good idea. You get some top ass such a good finish in the real match that isn't as exciting as the finish that you profess. 
Walls of Jericho here. Now, but what a great set of maneuvers going into the Walls of Jericho. As Mysterio goes for a Hurricane Rana, looks like Jericho is going to go for a power bomb, and then he turns it into the Walls of Jericho, which at this point... I should like the old Walls of Jericho. Well, I was just going to say, at this point, the Walls of Jericho is just a Boston crab. Uh, I, I like the elevated crab, which was called the Lion Tamer, and also the Walls of Jericho. I don't know why. The single knee and the swallow the back. And hold that was much more impressive. Absolutely, it was. Of course, you could call this the double Canadian Maple Leaf. And maybe you could call it that. Nobody else likes from local uh, Westward Land Storm, of course. And I always, you know what? I always enjoyed his version of the Canadian Maple Leaf, especially in his run in WCW, which, to be quite honest, when you're talking about Land Storm, that's got to be the best run that kid ever had. Because going into WCW the way he did and taking all the titles, really, that was his best run in his business. He's never been able to, to duplicate that success on any other stage. It's pretty hard. And Larry Storm making a uh, special appearance at an independent wrestling show in Alberta here this last week out at Cameron's Alberta for the great Canadian wrestling promotion. Um, he actually was the referee in a match between Jack Daniels and Gorgeous Michelle Starr. I know you've never heard of any of those wrestlers, but... I've heard of Jack Daniels. Yeah. I know him well. Yeah, I know. And he's in that content as Brother Jim B. Jackie Jim is one of my best friends. That's it. That's it. Ray Mysterio setting uh, Chris Jericho on the top turnbuckle. It looks like he's going for a oh, Hurricane Rana and Jericho reverses into the powerbomb. Put us on the ropes and he kicks out just the last second. Near fall. Chris Jericho almost stole one of these gentlemen. There's the replay. He did the first time. Well, no, of course not. It won't be the last time. This has been a really good match so far. Really good. Good back and forth between both guys. We alluded earlier to uh, the Ravnus Randy Myers. I did speak with him moment, for just a few moments after the show and, uh, you know, shook his hand and wished him the best. Uh, you know, most of you who have heard of my exploits in Stampede Wrestling know that uh, the Ravnus one and myself weren't exactly the best of friends at all at all during our run together, which, uh, which was... Against each other. Against each other, which was, uh, it was a great run. That, that six-month feud between him and Steele with me involved was probably the highlight of anything I've done in wrestling, just because those two guys uh, made it such a special thing. They had such great chemistry, and, and of course, the promos that I had, the chemistry that I had with Steele and with Ravenous Randy really made that feud go somewhere, and it's just sad that... Uh, he's going to be going and I just want to say to people that go to independent wrestling shows and one of your local guys gets signed to a contract with a big company I stop yelling please don't go exactly don't don't yell please don't go it was I, and I know you, you obviously don't want your, your main talent to leave but you got to look at it from their perspective they've been busting their ass for what for rather Randy it's been nine years yeah you know Good on him for signing a contract where he can actually make some money and do something rather than wrestle in front of two or three hundred people making twenty bucks a pop. I mean, if you get a chance, anything, chant, go kick some ass or you know go big time or something. Go, thank you. Don't don't chant, please. Don't go. It's, it's humiliating. It's just not right. Speaking of masks, have you ever seen more masks on a professional wrestling crowd than last night? Wow. Yeah, I thought Santa Loco was in the house, but uh, it wasn't Santa Loco. Tiger Mask was in the house. Tiger Mask was in the house, but I, uh, yeah. 
that was a lot of fun. The crowd, uh, the crowd for the Community Junior X Center was uh, fantastic. But no matter where you're listening tonight, the Sunday Night Showdown is double change. I would put you stated, go and get out and support your local independent professional wrestling promotion and shows. You'll have a great time, and uh, it, it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun watching. You know, youngsters, even the veterans that are that are out there um, in various uh, venues around uh, Canada and, and the states. No matter where you're listening, get out and, and guys and girls, and go support your your local independent wrestling promotion. You will have a lot of fun. Well, absolutely. And you look at the indies today. I mean, you're, you look at the indies today, and quite possibly what you're looking at is guys who are going to be future WWE or TNA superstars. Um, now, granted, there's a lot of bad indie feds out there, but the thing I like about independent professional wrestling is the guys give it their all, they have a hunger for it, and that's what makes it great. As Rey Mysterio goes for a senton from the top, Jericho catches him with the, uh, with the Boston Crab. Yeah, I refuse to call the line there, the wall of Jericho. So much for Boston Crab. But uh, I, I honestly think you should definitely support... And uh, I, I'm just I'm sick of seeing certain independent wrestlers though on a level where they're getting paid twenty bucks. There's no need to be Jeff Hardy every show. And there's a there's a certain local wrestler here in Calgary that's has made a name for himself in the last three or three years. And I don't think the kid's twenty years old yet, and I don't think he's ever gonna make it to twenty five. Ray Mysterio's mask has been pulled off. He does have the second no space paint. Or is that a second mask? It's a second mask. It is a second half. As he nails a 619 and the splash. One, two, three. I am two. So far. Somebody from Stanford. Harrison is in the chat room. I am taking it all the way tonight. Can you confirm or, or deny that? Pat Harrison is very well true. They heard. They heard Double J's prediction of a second match. Or maybe they didn't hear about it, but they did it. It was outstanding. What a great match between Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho. Absolutely. Congratulations to Rey Mysterio. I thought the second match would come into play. Thank God they actually went with that. Beautifully done. Wow. Jericho was saying in the promo leading up to this match that Rey Mysterio's mask would be his downfall. And Rey Mysterio just proved that that mask was Jericho's downfall. Very well said. All right, also uh, on the show tonight, the uh, Cologne Brothers against Cody Rhodes and Teddy DiBiase, the Unified Tag Team Championships, which should be very, very well, a very good match. No count out, no DQ between the great Collie and Dolph Ziggler, and the Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Molina and Michelle McCool. To take a page out of the late, great... JSK, I can either confirm or deny that I'm on the WWE creative team. <laughs> and I want to say, Sal, so, uh, let me give a shout out to Glenn, who's listening to us live tonight. Thanks for listening, Glenn. We appreciate your listenership. Did you guys catch the uh, simply amazing maneuver that uh, Ray Mysterio did at the top of the uh, top turnbuckle, went over to the far side, dropped uh, out slingshot back, pay kick into the forehead of Chris Jericho. I've never seen Rey Mysterio do that. And what a unique move. Right? In, in this age of uh, contrived 
standard class at WWE-CNA-C to do something different. What a great match that was between Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho. Kudos to the both of them. Alright, uh, you know what, at this time I think we're going to take our first commercial break. Before we do that, uh, just setting this up, it, it has been a wild week. Not necessarily professional wrestling, but in general, uh, especially in Hollywood. And I just want to say this now, uh, we've lost three of probably the, the most well-known superstars ever to walk the planet Earth. And we, on Monday, we lost Ed McMahon, and I've made comments about Ed McMahon as of recent, saying that on the doghouse with, uh, with the trade dog every Tuesday night and the rest of the VIP section, I, I'm kind of like the Ed McMahon to his Johnny Carson. And lo and behold, I said that last week, and, and this week, Ed McMahon passed away. And, and you know what, Double Jane, a man that you couldn't find a man in the face of God's earth with a bigger heart than Ed McMahon, the amount of money that he donated himself to charity, the amount of time that he spent not only as obviously Johnny Carson's sidekick, but on the annual um, muscular dystrophy telethon alongside Jerry Lewis, and the amount of time and money that he donated to that. What a great man, and uh, uh, our heartfelt condolences uh, go out to the family of uh, Ed McMahon. Absolutely. You know, I, I thought Ed McMahon was a great man. Uh, I'll admit, there, there were times in my life I was pretty upset with Ed McMahon. I, I can remember many times going to my mailbox and learning that I might have won $10 million and always being upset that I didn't, and that was Ed McMahon's fault. Uh, but with that being said, I, my condolences absolutely go out to the family of, of Ed McMahon. And we lost Sheriff Foster as well, who has been struggling with cancer, and she's tried to defy the odds. Struggled with cancer, uh, Jeff, for three years. Had a horrible, horrible kind of cancer. Anal cancer in the surrounding areas. And it, and it, it was to, to watch Sarah go through what she went through. My father passed away two years ago with uh, uh, pancreatic cancer. It's horrible. And, and, and she lived, fought a long fight, three years. And she said, was subjected to horrible um, radiation and chemotherapy. And, and what she went through was uh, was terrible and you know what it's it's uh, it's a shame but she doesn't have any pain anymore that's right and, rest is and, 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 and certainly to her to her family to her and he was going to marry her wow. Brian O'Neill is her son uh, very hard for him and Lee Majors her original six million dollar man uh, her first uh, original Steve Austin the original Steve Austin her, her first husband um, it's terrible, but but you know what? When somebody has a terminal illness, you know what the inevitability of the scenario is. That's true. Unlike, unlike, unlike Michael Jackson. Unlike Michael Jackson, which terrible. That was another one. That uh, it, it's just a rumor for now, but. What's just the rumor? The whole prescription drugs is what the cause is. I mean, the toxicology, like, I mean, you should know this better than anybody else, but the wrestling fans, but toxicology reports, six to eight weeks would be uh, the, the, the final waiting period to find out once and for all 
We're really happy. You know, I mean, yes, you're, you're absolutely right, 150 percent. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Simple fact of the matter is, is no matter what the circumstances of why, it is still dreadfully unfortunate that one of the, if not the, greatest musical and entertainment superstars of the current modern day era. I mean, the, the, the eulogizations have been flowing through various media outlets like TMZ and CNN uh, since Thursday at 2.26. Um, but you put uh, who are the greatest entertainment superstars of the last hundred years and it's been spoken this last week, Frank Sinatra, the Beatles, Elvis Presley, and Michael Jackson. And what he was involved in, guys, and his, his financial and his legal strife and his, the way that he conducted himself in his personal life, which were all up for huge speculation for obvious reasons. You can't take away from the fact that Michael Jackson and his music influenced four generations of people around the world. And I hasten to say that in our lifetime, the only other human being that I can imagine that has such worldwide notoriety and popularity of Michael Jackson was Muhammad Ali in his heyday. And then, um, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what they find out, toxicology reports, big the doctor, was it a Phil Aston situation in wrestling terms? Was it what we suspect it might be? Correct. Um, unfortunate, terrible, uh, are the two adjectives that come to uh, Marky Jarvis Carlos Marzego. Go ahead. Are you going to say something, or are you going to that air? That's okay. Right. Right. Just say it. Definitely, I read a lot of things where they were saying, where they were saying, they need to separate Michael Jackson, the music from Michael Jackson, the person, which is something that we heard quite a bit um, from from wrestling media and whatnot when uh, the whole Christmas law thing did happen. And I think it'll be a lot easier for Michael, no matter how he died. His was a tragedy. It shouldn't have happened now. But it's those same questions. Well, here's my take on the whole thing. I, Growing up a child of the 80s, uh, obviously I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. I mean, he was, he was the shit when it came to music in the 80s. I mean, all those hits. Thriller was one of the first albums that I ever bought. And, and it wasn't only that, guys. It was the fact that he was a... And I didn't even know we were going to discuss this tonight, but let's, let's get right down to the fact that he was a pioneer in the video music age that was born on MTV. He crossed, he was the Jackie Robinson in, in, in racial barrier overtones and, and he overcame that because his thriller video produced by the world famous movie producer John Landis um, was the first ever African American art, music artist video to be played on MTV 
and, and so many others came after him, and, and the, the production value that, uh, uh, that all of his videos had were second to They weren't just music, obviously. They were Michael telling the story. No, I agree. And like I said, he was a huge pop icon. Now, granted, the last 10 years or so, he, he hasn't been really relevant to the music scene uh, due to a lot of the scandals and stuff. Whether they're wrong or right, doesn't matter. Um, you have to feel some some sympathy for the Jackson family at this point in time. And my heart goes out to them, and, and I hope that uh, they do find out exactly what happened. But with that being said, I want to take us to a quick commercial break, and I want to start things off with my favorite Michael Jackson, well, music video anyway, and I love the song. And um, I think that when this song actually came out and I saw the video for the first time, I just, there was even a video game based off the uh, the movie this song was a part of, the Moonwalker soundtrack. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll be right back with the continuing coverage of the Bash pay-per-view as Dolph Ziggler is set to take on the great Khali. We might actually miss this match by the time we're back, but if we did, we'll let you know exactly what happened. With that being said, you've been hit by a smooth criminal. Thank <laughs> you. 
The two more great Canadian wrestlers, Robbie and Rory, the Islanders. Well, I was thinking maybe it was the Highlander. That can be only one. Wow. Uh, we're back, and apparently the match has gone and, and went like I said it was going to, and hey, predictions pay off, ladies and gentlemen, because now I'm 3-0, as I am going for a straight flush tonight here on the Bash pay-per-view. As we saw, Dolph Ziggler wins the no disqualification, no count-out match against the great Tully, with interference by the returning Big Red Machine Kane, who... Basically came in, hit the chair on the great Kali, and Dolph Ziggler capitalized. Either way, it's still winning my book. Glad to see Kane back, and glad to see Dolph Ziggler, the winner. Hey, Dolph Ziggler get a good push, because uh, the guy that's got charisma, Uzi, no, not the people, he's got great charisma, and uh, he can work, and, and they, they really, uh, they really uh, push him down and, and upon his uh, initial... Debut of WWE, but finally they're getting to do something with Dolph Ziggler. No, absolutely. I uh, I, I like the Dolph Ziggler character. It's strange, and he reminds me a lot of a young Billy Gunn. Yes. He even has some Shawn Michaels uh, qualities to him, but uh, this is the mullet. Kind of like the Shawn Michaels 1992 mullet going on there. But I think that no matter what you call Dolph Ziggler, I think he's a talented individual. The former Nick Nemeth, Nicky from the Spirit Squad, uh, tons of talent. Glad to see him on a roll and going somewhere. This is, I believe, his pay-per-view debut tonight on the Bash. 
Yeah. Where would you have with Vince giving uh, Kenny help? I think Vince is starting to take his insanity pills. So, uh, uh, not only have we seen Kenny Long with Vince McMahon, but we saw him with uh, Chris Jericho. And, yeah, Kenny Long's been a general manager for five years. Uh, a month from now, it will be five years. So, yeah. Do you think he's going to make the fifth anniversary? I think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be fired, but I think he's going to make Kenny Long go on hiatus. I just have that feeling that something's in the works and Vince is going to be like, you're in. Pack your bags. You're fired. Yeah. Well, it's good to see Vince along getting involved in, in other shows besides just Raw. So don't forget the extreme cuts of 12 rounds available on DVD this Tuesday. Oh, look, John Taylor's in a movie. I didn't know that. Oh, wait. <laughs> I would have seen it, but it wasn't in theaters long enough. And Sarcina and you and stuff, you know, we would see it. Speaking of uh, your fired, although you didn't get fired, the, uh, the simple fact of the matter is upon further speculation by everybody that in fact this week, Lillian Garcia gave her notice to World Wrestling Entertainment that she'll be done at the end of the year. She's going to be uh, getting married. And, and uh, congratulations to uh, Lillian Garcia. That's why made a couple of weeks ago, you may mention the fact that WWE on their web- corporate website has a listing for a female ring announcer slash singer. That's right, and uh, I just hope that Justin Roberts doesn't uh, get promoted to Raw. Let uh, the uh, ECW guy go to Raw. No, they're, they're looking for a female replacement for Monday Night Raw. That is what the ad stated that they're looking for. See, so maybe that's the I was going to ask you if they were going to apply. As a, at this point in time, ladies and gentlemen, we've got the legacy Ted DiBiase Jr. and Cody Rhodes making their way down to take on the Colons. And I'm telling you, I think that Priceless goes over tonight. Legacy will cleanse the Colons of Carlito and Primo and take that gold home. I couldn't agree with you more, Double J. I really think that the lackluster championship reigns of the Colin brothers will come to a mysterious and abrupt end this evening at the bash. I, I, I don't know. To me, they're okay. The Colons have, have you know, the great lineage in professional wrestling and heritage in their family, but um, Carlito's got fantastic charisma and well, and, and if I could, uh, I could make some reference here. It looks, it looks apparently as the power Andy Knowles is trying to correct me. Manlove has made their way down to the ring to take those titles from the Colons. The Manlove Triad. They're having another tag team as Tay Long gets more involved. Okay, another tag team. Hold on, another tag team. Is the Rockin' booking the show? Maybe. I'm starting to think maybe he was. Well, well Edge, I'm saying it was a good show, but if he is, then this should be a good show. Edge, Edge did not have a uh, pay-per-view contest tonight, and hey, this isn't a bad idea. Where's he going to find a partner is the question. Now, who the hell will be Edge's partner? This is, uh, this is very unexpected. Very great. Trying to throw us a sword here. Edge and Jericho, not a bad idea. So, we could actually see Chris Jericho losing your prediction. Zerko lost the Intercontinental title. He could walk away tag team champions with Edge tonight. Wow. For team guys, we would see 
Jericho and Edge defending the uh, the tag team titles on Raw and on ECW. But you know what? I I think as far as that goes. I think as far as that goes, uh, it, it could work out. However, buzzer in my headset. Because they have the fast buzzer going on here. You guys can't hear it, I hope, but I do. Um, I don't know. I think I think the egos of these two men would really play a part in that. And I think that's going to be what you're going to have tonight. If there's a deciding factor, I think it's going to be because neither one of these guys want, to, want the other to get the pin. The Canadian Connection. The Canadian Connection. I, I just... I don't. Wow. Definitely... The Canadians are the Puerto Ricans and, and, the, uh, and the United States all... all I'm shocked. Here. I'm shocked. I, I was not expecting it. But on the WWE, we're going to a sword to us. Would you, would you like to revise your prediction? No, I'm sticking with what I... I'm sticking with it. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. All right. That's but, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. But you know, you were alluding to the, uh, to the clones, Carlos and Primo. I, I honestly, I honestly do not feel at this point in time that they are, um, I think they're a great tag team. I just, they're boring. I don't know what it is about them that doesn't interest me. Hey, I really don't give a shit what's going on on the other thing. I, I really don't. I'm doing the show. I don't give a fuck. But I really don't think that they are, I don't know. They're not flashy enough. They're, they're just boring when it comes down to it. Well, and, and even on the uh, even on the, the promos, they they try to be publicly very funny. The both of them, it's like kind of a comedy act. But the thing is, is that Carlito is funny. He can carry a good promo, and Eddie cannot. And you know, I really have to take umbrage with the fact that. Uh, for a number of months now, maybe even a couple of years, the whole tag team scene across the WWE universe in all three shows has been suspect at best. I'll agree with that. But I'm staying on fiction. I, I say Legacy carries all the gold tonight. The Breakers uh, has to harmonize the parents this upcoming week. But he was on demand. I hear that the numbers are skyrocketing on that show. That, that uh, unfortunately, uh, that the, the captive audience, the world, including the Power Angels, was subjected to the despicable and disastrous um, debut, if you will, of your husband's sister this past week in your absence. Twin sister, actually. That's all that's scary. Does he have the same uh, kind of scruffy goatee? Similar. Really? He, he has a few wow. tattoos. Just, just like, uh, just like Santina did. Yeah, there's been some widespread speculation in the cavern so far tonight as to the, uh, sexual preference of, of your, of your sister-in-law. Huh? <laughs> Alright, well, that's it. That's, that's one for me. Every show here on Sunday Night Showdown, I catch Harvey completely off guard and very out of the way to No, but seriously, um, unfortunately, many people, many, many people who listen to the show had to be subjected to uh, Jeff Rina, but um, it's actually really, really funny. So everyone should go... Hilarious. So everyone should, I think she's got a little bit of a thing for, for Andy, but, um... <laughs> what, 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 what? Your previous Andy has a little thing? No. Oh. I thought that you said, no, it's not what I said. Can you please be more 
fourth right hand. Have you seen for Andy? There's a pencil for you. So everybody should go to WrestleView.com and the site you can find hand. And if you're not a VIP member, what are you waiting for? It's four ninety nine a month. Like, seriously, that's like two Starbucks. More like one Starbucks uh, in this town, at least. Uh, well, we welcome the trade dogs to the uh, to the chat room here on Sunday night showdown. Now we've got some royalty in the chat room. For the record, I was not talking about the trade dogs. <laughs> and neither was Jeff Reno. That was the biggest backpedal in the history of wrestling, wrestling internet radio. Anyways, uh, Peter's on the head this week, Harley. What's up? Any idea? I guess we'll just have to tune in and find out. Well, that's the game. It's always worth your money. Right. All right. Guys, we were talking about uh, some some uh, famous people who passed away this week. I, I don't think we got a chance to mention it uh, on our show for some anniversary last week, Cheryl. But Jeff would know this person as well as the three of us. But Billy uh, Good Lines, don't you dare miss it. The uh, host of Meekly Press Center and member of WWE in several other roles. Uh, passed away about eight or nine days ago, and uh, I've got some great memories of him. But I think you know more uh, behind the scenes of what he was up to. Uh, Likewise, prior to his WWE death, as you know, says and us, he says the "Don't you dare miss it" was his uh, tagline to say goodbye, uh, which was around the same area as uh, Stampede Wrestling for right play that. Uh, and Whaler's famous tagline of uh, Dave, "You do a good day, Whaler." <laughs> you know what I got? Oh, you know, I'm Another edition of Champion Wrestling. But you're wise, guys. Uh, prior to his WWF announcing days, and really what he was was the um, his studio interviewer of uh, Maple Leaf Wrestling, the Canadian version of what is now Superstars. And on a uh, weekly basis, he did the. Intro at the top of the show, the extra at the, at the end of the show, and did all of the interviews with all of the talent. Um, if you if you uh, do a YouTube search, I do your advice. The first promo that Brett the Hitman Hart ever did on WWF television programming was on Maple Leaf Wrestling with Billy Ray Lyons. And uh, uh, prior to his announcing date, he was a very proficient very well-schooled, technically sound wrestler in a number of promotions, but his long-standing fame as a wrestler in pro wrestling was in the old AWA, where he worked for Jordan Vanya and Wally Carvel and Bill Casisto, and his tag team partner, famous tag team partner, now the uh, the yearly uh, host of Cauliflower Alley, is was none other than Red Bastion, and they had some monumental tag team wars in the old AWA, his Cracker Bruiser, Dr. X, Double X, Pantero Purple, and Hercules Cortez, and uh, for 50 years in, in Canada, Billy Red Lions was a staple of Canadian wrestling, and uh, they got rest of the soul. Absolutely, uh, our thoughts and prayers for all the family of uh, Billy Red Lions. Uh, you know what, I wanted to do a ravishing tribute, but... This has been so much death lately. Yeah, that's, we promised that. Uh, yeah. to, to, to do tributes to former death. Well, I'm really, it's depressing. Well, what I was thinking was this. I think that, let me think about for a second, Jeff. If there was no death, 
there would be no programming for CNN in the last few weeks. That is so true. That is so true. Um, I think what I want to do really in regards to the record tribute that I want to put together, I think I want to do that on a non-pay-per-view show. Maybe just do a podcast and like an hour-long show where we just kind of give our thoughts on recruits because and two of my favorite wrestlers two of everybody's favorite wrestlers Ravishing Rick and Mr. Perfect Kurt Heading come from a little small town just north and east of the Twin Cities of Minneapolis City Hall I speak of Robbinsdale Minnesota and both were great athletes before they were great wrestlers and um um, I, I'm waiting on a WWE Ravishing Rick Rude DVD set because when they get to that, how good is that going to be? And Harmony, do, do I catch a bit of nepotism, skepticism? You don't like Ravishing Rick Rude? Oh, I'm sure there will be a DVD, and I'm sure I'll own the DVDs, or at least my household will, and I'm sure many, many people will own the DVDs. Oh, I what? think my friend was a little bit overrated. I'm just saying, and it's who? That makes me a little bit ill. I'm excited. Really? Not, not the wrestling. You, you didn't like the history of the video? Not so much. I don't like that Gary's little defeat. Yeah. But you like Matt Hardy. Go figure. Huh? Okay. <clears throat> I'm just trying to assimilate the, the two because Matt Hardy likes to wear face paste. My ex-step party. Oh, oh, you like, you like that? Yes. The world heavyweight receiving hairline champion. Yes. Yes. Really? And are you, are you fond of his new adamant jacket? Are you like that? I think it's pretty hot. Really? Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm upset about that. But... All kidding aside, I look forward to the uh, WWE, and I'm sure they will in the next couple of years, or if not sooner, be coming out with a uh, uh, Rick Root WWE DVD set. I, I, I think that, uh, that for what he was in his day, uh, Rick Root was a fantastic talent. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do uh, a separate show on that. And Edge in the Edge, Carlito, and Wednesday, Edge and Jericho barely appeared in the contest. Now, let me just say this right now. I'm, I'm a little disgruntled at the fact that we're going into a pay-per-view. We have two teams. Either way, the Colognes are going to lose the titles tonight. But I'm a little disgusted that they threw a last-minute team in there of Edge and Jericho, and they're now the undisputed tag team championship. That is not fair for the picks that we made. That's bullshit, and I'm calling shenanigans. I think we'll throw that one out. I think, I think that for the uh, for the scoreboard, if you will, that that there's an asterisk on that one. Well, it shouldn't be a big ass asterisk. Big ass asterisk. Give it a thought that how how bad do you feel if your legacy? How bad do you feel if your edge? And you just went from like world heavyweight championship contender to be knocked out a few rungs to tag champ. Okay, here's your thing, Harvey. But the simple fact of the matter is, they needed they needed the booking office needed to throw a change up for the careers of both Edge and Christian. And you know what? And it doesn't go down. But, but I, I don't I don't see it that way. I see it as two of the company's best heels. 
now together and be unified world tag team champions, and who better to give some more high profile credits and, and accredited to, to the whole tag team scenario than Edge and the Jericho? It doesn't give any credit. Okay. They have been working on actually building tag teams. We were actually starting to get some credibility with having actual tag teams instead of just random guys getting thrown together. And here's two getting thrown together. To establish single wrestlers. I agree, Harmony. Totally. If it, had, I agree. if it had been an established team, maybe or maybe not the Hard Dynasty, but yeah, once again, but John Cena has held the belt with probably five or six different partners. Uh, Triple H has probably held the belt with five or six different partners. It was just... But not lately. It was just like, yeah, it was just the whole two main adventures putting together. I mean, Rated RKO was actually a good team because they wanted to be together despite both being single guys. But they were, they were together basically for the simple fact that they were going after the Generation X yeah. and ending their career, which they pretty much did with, with Triple H. They got him off, you know, got him injured and he was off the shelf for a while. And I, I honestly agree with what Boom Boom says. I couldn't agree more. I think that it's wrong to have two main event guys that you're going to push into a tag team when you have an undisputed tag team championship on the line and you just throw them in at the last second against two established teams. I think that's bullshit on Tom Sanders. Two sides to the coin, and I see this as a new beginning in the careers of Edge and Chris Jericho. Um, who are the tag team? Who has tag teams in the WWE has more tag team experience than Edge? This is his, his 100th tag team title reign, I think. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and Chris Jericho has had many tag team partners, maybe not in WWE, but certainly in his uh, career up to his inception and, and his entry into uh, WWE. And you know what? Um, I like it. And maybe I'm alone, which I used to, but I like it. I think that uh, uh, it's a new beginning for the, and a new beginning in the booking and in the careers of Chris Jericho at Edge. No, I don't know. I don't like it. I, I know that you see it as, as a different way to go about. You know what's a probable reason? They were going to take these titles off Carlito and Primo anyway. But the rumor going around is that Cody Rhodes right now is working with a neck injury. Now, that could be the main reason that we are seeing this happen. Everybody and their dog, especially on, on, on your prediction show, um, take legacy. You know, that was, that was the obvious, that was the obvious um, uh, prediction, the obvious choice. Um, for whatever reason, they did what they did, and uh, you know what? Um, hey, one more fantastic tag team, and they will become a fantastic tag team. When you take two characters and, and two fantastic workers, the likes of, of Edge and Chris Jericho, uh, nothing but fantastic programs, no matter who they, they decide to, to have the Portuguese, uh, I like it. But you know, I did have something there with um, Cody Rhodes and uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., confronting Randy Orton and Ted said look you don't care about us at all we're second and third generation superstars I think that's the first time I ever acknowledged on TV that 
Well, they have acknowledged she's second generation. That you yeah. pissed me off to no end. It's well, like, that's, that's what I mean because this is the first time I've heard it on on air saying that it was. Uh, I just want to say right now that the moment of truth has arrived for the power Andy knows. Wrestling is cool. Wrestling's truth detector Andy knows. Fox, who is going to lose tonight this bet when Michelle McCool, especially now that she has Alicia Fox with her, goes over Molina and becomes a little shit. And you might remember her as the wedding planner that Edge fornicated with. Ah, that's who she is. Okay. A uh, question from Crowley would be preferred it if it was Edge and Christian or Edge and Jericho. I don't mind the whole Edge and Jericho issue. Well, it's probably Edge and Christian given the fact that uh, Christian is a much older baby face. And they're on different brands. I just didn't like that they took two main event superstars, Edge, who was just world champion not long ago, and Jericho, who just tonight was the Intercontinental Champion, put them together at the last second and said, hey, we're going to throw these guys into the uh, tag team unification or the, the whatever match. It's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. I am not a fan of this at all. And I think, I think we would have all talked if it was Edge and Christian because we wouldn't be expecting it. And because Edge and Christian were an established form tag team. But then again, if you do that, then... Christian is on ECW as an edge with the, biggest, the second biggest heel in the whole company behind Randy Orton for no apparent reason is a, is a baby face now? Well, I'm, I'm not saying that, that it would happen, that it would make sense, or that we would say that it was any good. I'm just saying we would all pop. Uh, well, as, as uh, we, they always talk about on Wrestling News Live, you, you can't pitch without coming up with an alternative. I think the... Uh, the, what we're saying here is the alternative was to leave it the way it was and let established tag teams face each other and like I said I like the fact that the way that it was Dave was stale the way that it was was stale I like the fact that for 15 minutes or for 10 minutes that Carlino and Eddie are stale um, you know what in my humble estimation Cody Rhodes and Ted Yaki Jr. stale the entire tag team scene in WWE, except for the Hart Dynasty, is fucking stale. But is that your personal bias because you know the Hart Dynasty? No, no, no. They're not stale because they're new, and because they're fresh, and because they're excellent wrestlers, and it's something new. Um, you know? I agree, but I don't do Well, here's the thing. Again, and this is my final point on the whole tag team thing. It wouldn't have mattered if it was Edge and Christian, Edge and Hulk Hogan. I don't give a shit who it would have been. The bottom line is, obviously, this was their plan all along to throw these guys in there. I'm sure this was booked when they decided to book this pay-per-view. But... Yeah, because you know what is we very well know that WWE is not book on the fly. No, they don't. No way. But, yeah, they're, they're, they don't do stuff like that. But here's, here's my problem. I just don't like that they have a tag team division that have two belts that are unified that are supposed to go to every brand and rather than let tag teams face tag teams you throw in two main event guys who just lost their titles that's crap to me I do not like it I do not like it you see the logic behind it is to do the game for both Christians it is it is but if you think my opinion is bad why don't you ask Carlito what he thinks that's not cool and don't forget the Edge and Christian Danauer, excuse me, Edge and 
Jericho can now uh, be on Raw anytime because they'll be uh, tag team champions and the tag should be the only ones that can appear on all three brands. Right. And you have two of your, your greatest teams in the company with fantastic promotional skills now being able to be on all three brands. Oh, and I'm listening to the commentary out of, out of the distant sound. As they're at, well, look at this. Michelle McCool is stretching Melina just like Beth Phoenix did not too long ago. Her foot is touching the top of her head. <laughs> that girl is so flexible. Okay. I know what you're thinking, but I know you know what I'm thinking. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. But JR was just making reference to the fact that if Michelle McCool does in fact win tonight, she will be the first women's champion and diva's champion. And you know what you should have also said is that um, Andy Knowles, for the first time in his life, was talking about how great Nikki James is not. And doing it on this very show. I cannot wait. That's going to be one for the audio files, Andy. You don't know what you got yourself into there, buddy. And apparently, wouldn't somebody that showed on be hijacking the rewind as, as part of uh, this bet as well? Uh, you'd have to ask, we'd be on ESPN Radio 400. You would have to ask uh, Boom Boom exactly what the terms of the deal are, because they made the deal. I mean, I always wanted to work for ESPN. That would be great. Wait, wait a minute. I want to hear the terms of the deal one more time. Here's the terms of the deal. It's all you people. Listen to Divas on the Hang on, Harvey. Harvey. And he's like, no, 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 no. They're doing us some intro music for the terms of the deal. Uh, that's okay. It's okay. Harmony, tell us the terms of the bet. Well, the final class coming up. No, the terms of the power bomb. Yeah. Sloppy. Sloppy you cheap bastard. Pay your four ninety nine. Go and listen to the archive of Steven's on the next week ago. You will know every little juicy detail. I have. That's not helping the people in the chat, Harmony. I just want to hear it from your old vocal cords. What the stipulations of the bet are. Okay, so the winner gets the night off. The winner gets the night off. And Andy has picked Mickey James and and Double J has picked Michelle McCool. Double J is not involved in this bag at all. I'm not in. You are picked the Double J is not on me with the Barrett, although he can be a diva. Um but, okay. <laughs> but Jeff Rita is. Yes. Alright. Um so <laughs> Anyway. And you quit typing no, no, no. <laughs> when, when I win, I get the night off. So there will be a new co-host of Sunday Night Showdown at the next show. Um, if by some long shot, I lose and you win, then he takes the week off and... I do pro wrestling rewind. And you have to sing or wrestle you? No, no, no. <laughs> I'll say this, however. But go ahead. Please what you're saying. I I have to tell the world how much better, or sorry, how Nikki Jeans is a far superior athlete to Michelle McCool. She's all other female wrestling. Okay. Okay. Um, 
Michelle McCool is far more superior to Megan as she is now the first woman to ever hold both the women's championship belt oh as well as the Divas championship belt. And keep referring to it as the Styles Clash, Arnie. Why is that? Finishing maneuver that Michelle McCool uses. What, is, what do they call it? Space breaker, I think, is what it did or something? I don't know. And I was glad. You know what? I've only, I haven't met Ed, the power Eddie Rose before. You're, you're going to. But I, I guess we're going to soon. But that's you know, the simple fact of the matter is, boys, with all due respect, Harley, boys, and I want to throw this out to the listeners in the chat room. If given the choice, Double J. Internet thing and all these males in the chat room and females in the chat room if you're so inclined that way. Would you simply, a simple question, would you rather have sex with Michelle McCool or Mickey James? I reckon my Mickey James, no sidebar needed, Your Honor. It's Michelle McCool and down. Are you joking? This Mickey James by a mile. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, like, absolutely. Okay, so. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't think we had the proper audio level with that comment from Harvey. It's not the reason I didn't pay attention to the fact that I don't say stuff like that on the air. I think we're having an informal poll here in the chat room. Well, Felix, I would have sex with Mickey James. Everybody's having an informal poll at home. Oh, shut up. Oh, okay, well, it's three to one. We had a Dexter poll in your other room. It's three to one for Michelle McCool right now. Yeah. And who voted for Mickey? The power of the girls? Well, me and the power. But the worst part about all this, Andy's the next show is a TNA show. Ah. And imagine what kind of three-hour long-distance phone bill you're going to get from uh, from appearing on Showdown three weeks from tonight on Victory Road. Why is he going to have a three-hour phone bill? Because he's going to call here. He's going to call in to be part of the show. I believe we're going to call him to be part of the show. Oh, he'll just come through with his losing end of the bet. 
and appear on this. Well, no, but we, we have we have audio evidence that that was part of the deal. Okay, we may have to rebroadcast that portion when any of it. I think no, no, no. When any of it is us. So, um, I think everybody's going to have to make sure that they tune in next week for the event because it's going to be fun. All right, uh, Dave, in that case, what is the upcoming live schedule for Sunday Night Showdown okay. uh, over the next little while? Right. Here's the Keep this in mind, guys, because it's it's the 100th edition and it's a former wrestler in the main event. We are going to do two weeks from yesterday, USC 100 with a very special guest. Adam Martin will join us. I won't be on the show. Everybody else will. Andrew Martin will not be on the show. Andrew Martin will not be on the show. Um, USB 100 in 13 days. Then in three weeks, Saturday night, Saturday night, Sunday time, yeah. for a Sunday night showdown, 8 o'clock Mountain, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Exactly. Right? We're starting 22 hours early. Right. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, a little bit later on, we'll give you the complete rundown of the U.S. Council 100 card emanating from the Mandalay Bay Sports Center. And arguably, the UFC is pulling out all stops for their uh, 100 show, and we'll give you the rundown of that. It is absolutely, for you UFC and MMA fanatics out there, absolutely second to none. Okay, three weeks is Victory Road. Three weeks. Four weeks is Night of Champions on behalf of WWE. I mean, it seems like every week for about six months. Hey, you know what? Well, yeah. well, we get next week off. So. Well, not really. No, two weeks is just a Right. We get next week off. But, uh... Well, I mean, the rest of us are going to make the track. Yeah, it's all Exactly. Uh, a, couple of signs, a couple of signs in the crowd I'd like to acknowledge. One, a sign, uh... Live in Sacramento for Misawa, absolutely. And another sign, Owen Hart's Hall of Fame 2010, another fantastic sign. So. You know, with that being said, uh, we are getting ready right now. As CM Punk has just made his way down, we get the World Heavyweight Championship. CM Punk defending against uh, Jeff, the highlight reel Hardy, and what should be a very entertaining match. Possibly, dare I say, match of the night. All kidding aside, all kidding aside, All right. Andy, you took a chance. It didn't pay off for you, and you got to take the medication. It's pretty okay. Harmony, one show, not tonight, but on one show. Harmony's top ten favorite wrestlers of all time. For another show, not tonight, I'm going to give Harmony a few weeks to think about it and formulate her top ten favorite wrestlers of all time. He knows now. Andy, Andy, we need a rag. We need a rag. I don't want to get electrocuted. <laughs> Sorry, we uh, we lost a little bit there. We got some uh, some water issues apparently. Possibly going to fry us all. We, we might all die right here on Sunday Night Showdown tonight. Don't let like you do a memorial for us next week. Don't get on my mixer. Whatever you do. All right. I didn't know there was an electrocution stipulation on Sunday Night Showdown this evening. I think somebody. What is up with that? I I don't know. I mean, I know there's rival shows that don't like us, but damn, come on. What's up with Jeff Hardy and no paint? No paint this evening. No paint. Well, I mean, well, it's about damn time. Do you remember what he looks like when he leaves? All these issues, of course, have come around the fact that is Jeff Hardy going to take some time off or re-sign a new contract? The result of this match is a very long contract update. I believe in the next three or four weeks. 
Uh, if someone in the chat can confirm that for me, but... I don't think anyone in the chat can confirm it because I don't think that they know what's in the contract. I, I'm just saying. Hey, I, I'm going to say this right now. I'm getting off topic for just one second. Looking in the chat, I know Crowley has made a couple points tonight saying that we do these singing on demand for the rest of you VIP. So he is willing to pay a year for the rest of you VIP. I tell you what, pal, you pay a year for the, for the VIP and we will pay for ourselves doing karaoke just for you. And you can put it on the rest of you VIP. And I'm sure Trey Dog would even love to get involved in that if he doesn't do that. I think I'm hearing the mellow strains of, of the, the breaking down and the, oh, is it, is it, do I hear to see me? Is it the power and the old climb in the background? I think it is, but that's very And he said over it, but he was only a bet. That's why we had that, uh, that uh, critical theatrical pause there. If you'll give me a second, guys, carry on without me. I have to, to grab something so that this water doesn't fry our electrical pit yes, and be screwed. Yes, please. Yes, please. Anyways, um... Anyway, I think this would be a good time of any to uh, reflect upon what WWE has been doing with CM Punk over the last little while. Obviously, um, up until the cashing in of the money in the bank, um, he was very much over with the uh, with the fans, and then all of a sudden, when he decided to cash in his money in the bank uh, stipulation at the last pay-per-view, and uh, the crowd was taken aback by the fact that he did it right after Jeff Hardy goes over on edge for for the title, and uh, the, the fans are confused, and uh, frankly, I, I see it as so far as being one of the uh, slowest and most painstaking heel turns in WWE in a very, very long time. Well, I mean... Steampunk showed up here tonight a little, a lot more egotistical than normally it has been. The, the problem is, is when you've got, you've always heard the term the lesser of two evils. This is the higher of two faces. Basically where the, the lower face beats the higher face in terms of popularity. Uh, the higher fan favorite list. That's a little chicken Fan favorite list is calling for simplicity. But basically, hey, if you, if you, if you beat up a guy who's more popular than you, beat up, right? Jesus Christ. Come on. <laughs> if you can and take out a guy who's more popular than you, they may not like it too much, and the fans are starting to boo here. It depends on really what kind of moves Punk uses to try to get over Jeff Hardy tonight if he can at all. However, um, it's really a case that in Ring of Honor, Punk was a, a heel two-thirds of the time and was fantastic. He had some fantastic promos back then, including what I can really remember. Where is Rick one here? Exactly. And there was one in particular where I think he won the NWA Southern title and he went over the name of everybody who won it. And they booed certain guys and they, and they hear other ones. They booed the hell out of Lex Luger. But once again, that's a Ring of Honor crowd. Well, the, when you're as big as he is, I mean, he's probably 90% the degree of Jeff Hardy, it's not easy to turn on a dime. And it doesn't surprise me that, that it's a slow burn here, guys. It does surprise you, Shark, but like I said, when you're, when you're, that, when you're that popular, you can't turn yourself on a dime. 
I, I don't think it, it's got to be a slower process. I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, the fact that he cashed the money in the bank in on Jeff Hardy, who is the biggest baby face in the company, and who people were just literally going crazy over the fact he won the title, was an instant heel turn, in my opinion. I mean, there's no way around that. I agree with you. But the thing is, and I really hate to agree with Dave, you all know what my business are on that topic are, but Jeff, they, they should have just gone with, with the immediate, okay, he turned on Jeff Hardy, he cashed in his money in the bank cash, won the title, and what a great opportunity for, for him to be the new most hated guy. But they didn't do that. They played around with it, you know, and wishy-washy. And, and well, well, here's a part to it now. Every time Steve Buck knocks down Jeff Hardy, he looks for the crowd, the crowd goes, and he smiles. Well, exactly. He's really playing the heel well, and I think Steam Punk is going to be a good addition to the roster as a heel. And I didn't actually watch SmackDown this week. I did take Superstars and watched it. It was a, a decent show this week. However, what I did hear out of SmackDown this week, of course, was that um, John Morrison actually got a clean, non-title win over CM Punk. In my opinion, if Punk retains tonight, which we all know he's going to, that immediately sets up Morrison and Punk for a match because he is now the number one contender because he beat the champion well, in on uh, title match. And you have to do that part two on SmackDown because the ratings on superstars are good, but just not that good, Harmony. I said this a while ago, and as we all know, I, I, I'm really good at, at predicting future storylines, you know, like when people are going to win championships and things like that. As I proved tonight, how... I said, I said months ago before CM Punk even won it that CM Punk was going to cash it in, he was going to win the belt, and then he was going to be a champion, champion, an interim champion to pass it along to John Morrison. So you know what? You heard it here first months ago, but now you heard it again. And I honestly think that the program you're going to see with with Morrison and Punk, I think it's going to culminate in the SummerSlam where. Morrison will win the title from CM Punk, and I mean, because they're pushing him to be one of the top baby faces. And he's got all the talent in the world. His mic skills are getting better as a face. He's much better as a heel, in my opinion. And you're going to see a total opposite of what you saw a few years ago. Let's face it, CM Punk and John Morrison had a great series of matches over the ECW Championship back in 2007. Uh, probably the highlight of ECW at that point in time. And you're obviously going to see the reverse, being that, you know, Punk is the heel, John Morrison is the face. And I think that they're going to deliver, and I think it's going to be a good product. I think, like I said, John Morrison in the next year or so is, become, uh, is going to become one of the biggest superstars in that company. And kudos to him. It's time for a rebuilding phase. It's time for those new stars. And Morrison needs to take his place among the elite. So despite these tag titles with Edge and Jericho, Punk faces Morrison as the SmackDown main event. Because like I said, if, if, if Hardy leaves, CM Punk turns, there's no yeah. obvious tonight. Then basically your top three guys on SmackDown are all are all heels. Like who, if Jeff Hardy leaves tomorrow, who's who's the number one babyface on SmackDown right now? The Undertaker. Assuming he doesn't come back yet, uh, he'll be back soon. He'll be back within a couple of weeks. All right, who's number two behind behind him? Now? The only other person I could think of would be John Morrison at this point. Honestly, well, he said if 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 as of this moment in time, as of June 27, 2009, and Jeff Hardy leaves, your top three guys are all heels? I think that's a problem, sir. Well, and you know what? Uh, as, as we've been 
watching the office book John Morrison and the last in the uh, you know great life over the last little while. We see him tag with Kofi Kingston and, and do some less than, than stellar programs. And uh, it's time for a John Morrison push. And I couldn't be happier that they quite possibly, and that is an evidence by his non-title victory over, over CM Punk, that uh, that in all likelihood will be the next um, feud on the horizon for CM Punk. Is it time? Is it time once again for that very much anticipated portion of the Sunday Night Showdown broadcast? Is it time? It could be. She actually came to give Daddy love. I mean, she's going to be going to bed here pretty soon, but uh, Alexis is going to turn this I will never call you Daddy love. Thank you. I would appreciate that. Yes. Um, so I guess since she's here and sitting on my lap, I'm going to ask her a quick question. Lexi, who do you like better, CM Punk or Jeff Hardy? She's a Jeff Hardy fan. There you go. Okay, I, I will give uh, Cable Card credit in the chat about Rey Mysterio, but at that point, it would become champion versus champion if it was IC and, and Punk is the world title. But your point is well well-deserved. But more importantly than any of that, Lexi, Lexi, Uncle Mark the Shark DiCarlo has a question for you. Who do you like better, Internet Dave or Jason Clevis? Uh, yes, so that's the right answer. That's the right answer, and you win. Uh-oh. Lexi, a Sunday night show down prize package, including an all-specific trip for two to the Calgary Zoo. She's very happy about that. She actually did see Jason Clevis come over to that show. Really? She did. Oh, anytime you get a horrifying experience. Anytime any of us get to see Jason Clevis, we have a better day than we ever had him. Right, he actually stopped by the uh, the Sunday night show down studios prior to the show coming on air tonight. And uh, we had a discussion, and, and part of which I will be addressing as it relates to another website tonight. And uh, I did get something from Jason Clevis. Good. And he wanted his two cents thrown in as well. And you know what? I, I look forward with much anticipation to the editorial that will be forthcoming with respect to that very topic a little bit later on on this very Sunday Night Showdown broadcast. But I want to make one other uh, uh, reference to, to Lexi. Lexi was at the PWA Wrestling Show at the Acadia Rec Center last night, and I hate to say, Harmony and Double J, nobody, and the Shark says nobody, had a better time at the wrestling show last night than Leshy. Well, especially in uh, Ravage Randy's, her items as pop. Well, you know what? That, well, the one pop was very good, and it was very lucky for Chris Steele. Well, what it wasn't. Yeah. What it wasn't full of something. Let me set this up for you. We're sitting at ringside, and of course, last man standing match, you know it's going to go crazy. As we're clearing the section, we know they're fixing to come to our section. I moved the diaper bag away from the table, because I had a diaper out, had cameras, had all kinds of stuff that we didn't want to get smashed. So we're moving it out of the way, and one diaper falls out of the bag. Lo and behold, it was a clean diaper. I'll, I'll give it back, because the others will be in the trash. Um, so a clean diaper falls out of the bag. And Ravenous Randy has a pizza box, and he's going to do something to uh, Crystal with a pizza box. As he looks down and eyes that there is a diaper in the floor, 
He grabs it, looks at me, and I give him my nod of approval. He picks the diaper up and basically performs the mandible crawl via diaper on Chris Hill. What one hell of a spot. So Lexi will always have something in for me there. When, when Ravenous Randy is a big star in the WWE, she can say, he is my diaper in some guy's mouth. And you know what? From the uh, pregame um, liquid festivities that is the career of Chris Steele, I'm sure that the diaper didn't taste that good. Well, you know what's made even worse? The diaper was not made by either Crown Royal, Jack Daniels, or Canadian. You know what was even worse, though? We were giving Lexi raisins to eat, and there were actually little raisins on the floor next to the diaper. Wow. So one could only imagine what Chris Steele might have thought. Show is like the shit that I think I'm all day. Bit of a pun there. I think the show's quite great. Thank you very much. I think we're having one of our best shows in a long time. Jeff already misses the swan thon, and now both guys cannot hardly stand up at this point. And I'm really liking the fact, guys, there's no heat amongst co-hosts tonight. Very good. Thumbs up for me. When has there ever been heat between us? Never. Oh, I guess I missed that production. Oh, no. Andy's still growling in the chat. No, no, no. Now he's going to... What, does Andy hate his co-host? So Andy, uh... That's cool. It's, uh... three hours of, uh... Three weeks from tonight off because you're... You'll be joining us for Victory Road. And once again, the slowest referee on the planet Earth is... Is refereeing and counting for this match. Well, we're not allowed to know what his name is. Oh, is this the Road Road Dogs are going to Oh, that's right, uh, Mr. Armstrong. Well, Jeff Hardy going for the Smith of Fate. He nails it. Punk is down. Hardy going to the turnbuckle. What could be a swan time. As Punk is slow getting up, he is just lying on the ground. And we'll get your prediction this week to see if Punk goes over in his match. Yep. All right. Swan time delivered to CM Punk as he tries to roll out of position. He's close to the ropes. I think CM Punk's going to put his leg on the rope here. One, two, under the rope. Oh, my God, he's staying for... Uh, no, he's not. Because his foot is under the rope. Oh, Archie Sharkarlo that correctly. That is great ring positioning by a veteran, CM Punk. Wonderfully done. Oh, very nice. Hey, Bookie, because you know this meeting. This meeting, Kid Punk's going to win the match. But they did this at the last WWE show, where every fan in the arena was on their feet. They were so happy. Jeff Hardy finally won the belt. And then, Steve Punk came and crushed all their hopes and dreams and won the belt. But it's the same thing tonight. They're getting everybody's hopes all up and then taking it away. Unfortunately, uh, hold on a second. Unfortunately, Lexi is under the impression that Jeff Hardy has won. She's jumping around there. Jeff Hardy! Jeff Hardy! WWE champion! It's very interesting match as well, the way that they had the hard time the shot that we're looking at right now. And referee Armstrong uh, had his head down administering the three count, and when he made the three count, you could very plainly see that he could not see CM Punk's foot underneath the rope when he popped up. When he popped up, he thought that it was, and he made the correct call. Can we just resume here, or what's going on? Well, I think they're going to resume. That, that is the correct call. You're absolutely right. And great on Punk for having his foot under the rope. I knew as soon as he was by the rope. Oh, he goes for the switch of fate, and Punk has reversed it. Going for to go to sleep, but Hardy reversing that. 
with punches to the head, tugging in the corner, and the referee is keeping Jeff Hardy off of CM Punk. Why, I do not know. That's kind of ridiculous. He's in the corner. Oh, you're not supposed to get on the winner in the corner. Yes, you can. You can do it every you want to anybody up to the current four. It looks like uh, Punk's eye might have been busted open. He's holding his eye. The referee is holding the eye on him. Boy, that's you. Oh, he kicked the ref in the back. The excuse is he couldn't see out of the eye. He thought it was Jeff Hardy, so he kicked the referee. And by your winner, by disqualification, and not world heavyweight champion, as I clarify one more time, winner of the match, Jeff Hardy, by disqualification. Still, world heavyweight champion, CM Punk. And how about that? Well, I'm finished. We just saw this, what, two or three months ago with Randy Orton slapping the referee and against Batista, and that match got thrown out. Got to know what you know. You know what? I love All the crowd. I think this is great. This totally solidifies CM Punk as a heel. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's top of the mountain. By hook or by crook, by any means necessary, what a great deal. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's been a champion before, and he loves it. He knows he needs to do whatever it takes to keep that belt around his waist, because if he doesn't, it could be gone any time. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. You know what? I'm not happy that I've lost my prediction on this, because Jeff Hardy does go over in the match. He does not win the title, unfortunately, but it shows as a win. Uh-oh. I believe you have a secondary competition. I'll bet, you, I'll bet you Punk shows up with an iPad on SmackDown this week, and that would just be great. It's like an old plus. One of my favorite spots in wrestling is... It could be the pirate here, Punk. Go ahead, Hardy. One of my favorite spots in wrestling is the old... My leg is hurt, my ankle is hurt, you know, pulling it for the whole entire thing. And then the ref back is turned, the person's down, and they're doing jumping jacks. I love that spot. Don't be know why not. And, and that reminds me of the, uh, the three-year-long broken wrist of Cowboy uh, Bob Orton Jr. Yeah. I, but like I said, I, I'm, I'm happy with the outcome of this match. I like how they, how they did this. I love the false finish where Hardy thought he won. But thanks to ring positioning, CM Punk retains the title. They go to restart the match. It kicks the referee. I think that's brilliant booking. So far, I think this pay-per-view has been very good. Very good. And it, could, and it still plays into the fact that, A, the fans now completely hate CM Punk's guts, and B, CM Punk continues to play the fact that he couldn't see, that he didn't know that he was taking the referee, right? And he could still play off of the whole, I'm still likable. No, I agree. I think we're going to take a quick commercial break, come back, and when we do, actually, we'll end the break, we're going to play the Bobby Lashley, Bob Staff fight from last night. If you didn't know, Bobby Lashley completely dominated Bob Staff. We'll discuss that. As soon as we return, right here on Sunday Night Showdown, we'll be right back after these messages. Wow. 
And welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown as we are in the middle of the uh, promo phase between The Miz and John Cena. We're setting up for our next match. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to talk about Bobby Lashley. Last night, see what happened on pay-per-view last night from Biloxi, Mississippi. The main event was former WWE heavyweight champion Bobby Lashley and there's, I believe now, third MMA match. I believe uh, third or fourth. Yeah, I, I think it was his third. Anyway, he completely and utterly ground and pound uh, the former MMA legend Bob the Beast Staff. And, and there was a stoppage at about 428 of the... Uh, yeah, you heard the entire uh, yeah, you heard the entire fight during the break. Yeah, 415 or something like that. Bob Staff had no offense whatsoever. Right off the get-go, Bobby Lashley uh, takes Staff down to the back. And you know what? Um, very, very odd to see Bob Staff, a, a long-standing mixed martial artist who had a great career in many promotions in Japan, um, including Pride and including um, so many others that he, I mean, he, I think he's like over four, over five in his last uh, MMA matches. I think he's four or five losses in a row. Can I say something? I just, uh, we're going to talk about, about this in a second. I, I'm looking at the chat room and I'm, I'm a little concerned. The power of my nose, I'm worried about him right now. He's, He's pretty dejected, and I'm, I'm just, I'm worried. I, I really fear for Andy Knowles. I mean, he could be on suicide watch for all we know right now. I, I know that, that he loves picking all, but I think that's a little bit extreme. I'm sure he'll be just fine, and he'll live to watch another Raw, and see Nikki James win again, just not the title. But hey, when she does, she'll be the second. To hold that belt, but hey, I've already, I've already made a contingency plan to to escalate the the dejectedness of the power animals. Andy, tomorrow morning you should be getting an early morning delivery from Federal Express, and in it will be the last lesbian porn flick on VHS original video tape. Oh, stop it. E. James Day. Stop it. He can feel much, much better than what he's doing right now. Stop pouring the wound in it. Salt in the wound. Come on. That's enough. I'm seriously worried about Andy. Come on, man. Speak up in the shower, man. Trust me. If he watches this, he'll feel better. Oh. So, anyway, Bobby Lashley, dominant, just absolutely dominant, powered, beat the living crap. Out of Bob Staff, a guy who at one point in time was a very dominant force in MMA, especially in Japan. In Japan and MMA, back in the day, about five or six years ago, there was 
Mirko Krokop, Grand Rampage Jackson, uh, um, and, and Bobby Lee Sapp that were at the top of, of the MMA game over there. And Bob's done. Bob's done four or five losses in a row. And, uh, um, you know, it just can only mean one to speculate that at some time soon, Internet Dave, Harmony, and, and Double J, that one Dana White from the UFC is going to have to, at some point, sign Bobby Lashley to a UFC contract, which would be very interesting, and the widespread speculation that at some point, if he in fact still is the champion at that time, that we might see a Bobby Lashley, Rock Lester, MMA match and how off the hook with that call. And that would be a dream match because these guys have had comparisons their whole career. I mean, Bobby Lashley pretty much, like, shadowed Brock Lesnar. Well, I was in the footsteps for the amateur race, the AAU, the NCAA, NCAA amateur heavyweight wrestling champion, shipwrecked tournament, uh, through the ranks of professional wrestling, and it will be very interesting to see what happens. I think that what you're going to see is... Uh, the whole fall series of the Ultimate Fighter with Kimball Slice being the focus. You'll get through that. I think that you'll see Bobby Lashley having probably another six MMA matches in other promotions other than uh, USC or, or any other big promotion like Strike Force. Um, and then you, you, one day, if he's still on a roll, we'll see Bobby Lashley in the UFC. Well, I think the hesitation right now for Dana White wanting to sign uh, Bobby Lashley to a contract would be the fact that he has this, I guess, urge to still be in professional wrestling. And now I did hear of an interview that happened recently, and for those of you who are not in the know, the WrestleView VIP is scheduled to have an interview with Bobby Lashley for the VIP listeners coming up very soon. I'm not sure when, but it's in the very near future. Please keep us advised as to the date of that interview. Absolutely, I will. But he was on an interview recently. Uh, I believe it was on Blog Talk Radio, if I read the recap today. Correct. Blog Talk? No, Blog. Oh, Blog Talk. Blog Talk. And uh, there's, there's like a ton of different shows on Blog Talk Radio. I've already used radio shows, I think. Okay. Uh, but on Blog Talk Radio, they had an interview with Bobby Lashley, and he pretty much pled the fifth when it came to the rumors in TNA, he said, he basically came down and said, there's not been a contract and he has not signed anything. So, that's uh, why they're not using exactly. or making reference to him whatsoever at all. But you know what, I think at this point, Bobby Lashley, well, he's 4-0, at this point, you know, he's on a roll. I think he should stick with the mixed martial arts. Don't worry about professional wrestling. If you want to get to the UFC and you want to have this match with Brock Lesnar, by all means, don't, don't sidestep don't go back to professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you guys something right now as God is my witness and the rest of our viewing audience here on Sunday Night Showdown. If Bobby Lashley errs in judgment in his career in MMA and even for, for an iota, for another split second, goes back to the world of professional wrestling, he can kiss the UFC goodbye forever because they will not stand for that at all. Well, no, they're looking for a credible guy to go in there, and obviously with you know professional wrestling, everybody knows the outcomes are predetermined. Um, 
And I think I think it would be a backstep for him. Well, and, and it would because he, he can he can do the GNA thing and and, and and do MMA for these lesser promotions, but. If he has aspirations to get in there and hook it up at some point with Brock Lesnar, or even as a stepping stone into UFC, sign the Strike Force, Scott Coker owned a number two U.S. national MMA promotion that there is out there right now with a uh, very, very viable contract with Showtime, uh, you better not get back into wrestling because he'll be screwing himself wrong in his MMA aspirations. Uh, just cutting to the match really quickly. The Miz doing very well against John Cena as he's getting a lot of offense delivering to Cena as he's going for the near fall and of course Cena's out of two. Uh, very nice series of moves by the Miz as he looks like he's going for the reality check. He connects with a with a boot to the face of John Cena. Hey, no, JD, do you hear it? The crowd's dead. Exactly. They've been dead all night. Yeah. Sure. That's nothing new. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with the Sacramento crowd. I don't think the card is in that bad tonight. No, it's not. It's very good match by match. It's been outstanding. And uh, even, even the Venus match was, was very good. Well, very thought, very thought out. Very well done. Great finish. Um, but I don't know whether... See, the thing is, with some crowds, they need that skill. They need the king in the ring. They need that... I know you don't like it, but they need a Jeremy Borash. They need a, what Howard Finkel used to do and build up the crowd between matches and get them to a feverish pitch. You mean kind of like I do when I ring announce? So there you go. <laughs> I mean, we're going to throw it out there. We may as well. But uh, I've never heard a pay-per-view crowd this quiet. I haven't either. And I've seen some pretty shitty WCW pay-per-views. And GNA papers. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, the crowd is just, I don't know, they're just not into this tonight. I, I question why they even bought a ticket to the show. And the arena is full. At least it looks full. Oh, they probably got something parked off, but we can't see it. Oh, I thought you had something to say, Dave. Not at this time. Dave, are you too okay tonight? You're, you're, you're off the quiet Well, you know what? I, just, I haven't seen much of Bobby Lashley's USD, or I'm sorry, NMA fight, so I can't really. Say anything positive or negative about them. All you know is he's 4 0. And he hit him in a matter of minutes. He was here in Edmonton, what? And he was, what, 30 seconds? 30 seconds, yeah. He beat the living shit out of this kid in 30 seconds? Yeah, yeah. That's all you need to know. Wrestling's been a dominant force in, uh, in MMA for a little while. And I have to admit, going back and looking at the last match that I actually remember Bobby Lashley having in WWE was that match at the Great American Bash. Right against John Cena, which technically was a really good match. Both of those guys did really well. Yeah. Uh, and I personally was very surprised that Bobby Lashley left WWE when he did. He was, he was getting a huge push from the office. Well, let's face it. He left on personal uh, yeah. personal bias. I mean, not a fan of Michael Hayes. As we all know, Michael Hayes has been... He's been labeled yeah. just like him a racist. Listen, we all know you're not a racist, and we all know due to his time, and there's been this happening. Well, and there's another one I lost tonight. Like, like what John Cena said, I will make the little bitch pass. Wow. Yeah. I really expected this to go another way. Now the Miz is dead. He's got nothing. Yeah. He literally has nothing. Yeah, now it's, it's back yeah. to, uh, to oblivion. I mean, if they have a uh, kind of a questionable finish or a, something he could whine and complain about, then fine. But this pain? I know, and it was quick. That's, that's just not right. I'm sorry. 
I do not agree. All right, well, let's uh, now look ahead to our next uh, broadcast, which will be on a Saturday night. It is UFC 100. You heard that correctly. It will be on a Saturday night, July 11th, UFC 100. You're not changing the domain name of Saturday Night Showdown. It will be com with a special Saturday Night Showdown. Here's Adam Martin as the guest. Not Andrew Martin. No, guys, I'll feed you the, the matches, and then you comment as, as you will. Uh, we'll just give credit to the preliminary bouts that aren't scheduled right now to be on TV. But, but uh, let me just make something perfectly clear, Dave, in that in, in MMA, specifically on USC broadcasts, they may very well. Exactly. Depending on the length of the, of the matches, we generally see one or two matches from the undercard. And, and my favorite match on the dark matches, if you will, in wrestling terminology, is... Mark the Hammer Coleman, one of the original uh, masters of MMA, going up against a former Ultimate Fighter uh, finalist, Stephen Bonner. That match would be awesome. Let's go ahead, here. Right, yeah. Uh, Coleman 15 and 9, Bonner 13 and 5. Uh, Matt Danzig against Jim Miller, John Jones, and Jake O'Brien. Dung Young Kim and TJ Grant. C.B. Dalloway and Tom Lawler. Matt Grice and Shannon Gugerti, I'll, I'll guess on that. So we go to the main card. It's We'll go from bottom to top. Yoshihiro Akiyama and Alan Belcher in the middleweight division. Dan Henderson and Michael Bisping in the middleweight division. Hollywood, Dan Henderson, and Michael Bisping were the coaches on the recently completed Ultimate Fighter uh, show. They were the coaches for uh, Henderson for Team USA and Michael Bisping for uh, Team uh, UK. And uh, the UK team on that Ultimate Fighter finale swept. There wasn't one... USA fighter that won a match in the final and the, the much anticipated blow off, if you will, in wrestling terminology between the coaches Hollywood Dan Anderson and Michael Bisping goes to the Mandalay Bay Event Center on the 11th of July. It is USC 100. George Pierre against Thiago Alves in the welterweight division. GSC, of course, is currently reigning USC welterweight champion and of his own from Lavelle Province. Uh, Montreal, Quebec, and Diego Alves is uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, for those that don't know who he is, he's uh, he's been around for a long time, and he will give George St. Pierre uh, a really good match. And finally, the main event, Frank Mir and Brock Lesnar. Well, and of course, for those of you that, that remember what happened uh, in Brock Lesnar's first match in the USC, he dominated um, at the time the interim heavyweight champion of USC, Frank Mir, uh, unequivocally for, for a round and a half and um, made a dire rookie error and when he had Mir on his back and he was feeding him the ground and pound, he got up and let Mir off the hook. Mir pounded it with a Kurt uh, Angle-esque um, ankle lock and made uh, Brock Lesnar tap and uh, uh, this is the rematch and Brock's got way more experience now than then and it should be a match for the ages double day. No, I couldn't agree more. I'm actually looking forward to this match. I think that in this one Lesnar goes over. I think that he was inexperienced the first time out and really he was pounding the shit out of here. He had him, and he just made that one rookie mistake, and got him in the lock, and it was over. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make that same mistake again. I think he's going to take it 
to Frank Mir, and uh, you're going to have an undisputed USP champion. Well, and I could agree with you more, and of course, the, uh, the apparent setup after that match is the heavyweight elimination that will be taking place at USC 101 in uh, Portland, Oregon, at the Rose Garden Arena between two other former uh, USC heavyweight champions, Antonio Rodriguez and Aguirre, and uh, the legend, the Randy, the natural courtier. Apparently, the winner of that match will get uh, a match for the heavyweight championship against the winner of Mir and, and Lesnar uh, later on in the year, if not early in uh, 2010. And I'm really excited that uh, we're, we're going to be progressing here on our Sunday Night Showdown and doing our first ever live MMA broadcast that uh, is going to be a lot of fun. And uh, unfortunately, David, I can be with us that night. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, at the Congress and he's covering the rodeo in the Pepperdine uh, Racing. We'll be covering men, wrestling animals, and we'll be covering men, wrestling men. Yes, exactly. And uh, I've been on regular radio finally, so I mean, I've been on regular radio plenty of times. But, but no, I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh, going to be a great 10 days. And, but yeah. All of you guys, along with uh, the funky white boy Adam Martin, will take you through USB 100, and then, and then of course uh, the, the three of us, of course mine is Harmony, because she'll be enjoying a a, ple- a pleasurable night of, night away, and the end, and uh, the power Andy Mills will join us for Victory Road, and then the original crew back four weeks time for Night of Champions. Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually looking forward to the USB show. I mean, I've never covered a USB pay-per-view live. I think that it's going to be a completely different experience. I, I don't watch a lot of USB, and I've started to get into it ever since, I guess, Lesnar did, because obviously I, I was a huge Lesnar of Mark. always liked Lesnar. But uh, I'm glad to see him have some success outside of professional wrestling, and I think he deserves it, and I want to see him do, do the best he can. Well, and I remember a couple of UFC shows you came to at Bottoms of the Sports Club, and uh, uh, I saw you were having a very good time. and thoroughly enjoyed yourself. I was. I absolutely was. But Danny uh, Lesnar will pick me in about 45 seconds. I don't think it's going to be that quick. I think it's going to be a little longer than that. Oh, I think Mir's going to take Lesnar in under a minute 50. Really? I sense a bit of a bet coming on. Uh, I said it last time. I was denied, but guess what? I was right. No one else agreed. I was right. Okay, listen. Frank Mir is a world-class jiu-jitsu MMA artist, and he's been uh, heavyweight champion of USC on three different occasions, and uh, he will give Brock Lesnar everything he can handle. But I think when it comes right down to it, with respect to the coaching that um, Brock Lesnar has, Right now with the American Top Team and some other um, coaches that he's had over the last few months, um, I, I see this match going, and don't forget, the championship matches in the U.S.C., there's five five-minute rounds, Double J. Five five-minute rounds in the championship matches in the U.S.C., a way different story than three rounds. And, and, and uh, um, the longer, I hate to say that the longer this match goes, the better chance that Frank Mir has because the bigger man, even though he's in great condition, the bigger man will get, in wrestling terms, blown up. And the jiu-jitsu specialist could prevail, I hasten to say, and, and right now, um, um, Vegas has 
Brock Lesnar at the three and a half to one favorite to retain the UFC heavyweight title. Uh, not going to be easy for Lesnar. And frankly, don't forget, this is his glorious moment. This is his chance. Um, and, and I really look forward to the two of them hooking it up at UFC 100. I do too. I, I want to shift gears a little bit. If you could turn my mic up just a little bit, Dave. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. At this time, I would like to take a few moments while this match is getting underway. We've got Randy Orton standing in the ring with the WWE Championship. The three stages of hell is up next. Main event of the night. Triple H is about to make his way down to the ring in a second when the music hits. But with this opportunity, I've been waiting a couple weeks to say some things. And I'm going to make a statement right now regarding some trash talk by another radio show. I'm going to preface this right now, before I even do this, with my views do not necessarily reflect the views of the rest of the cast, Marky Shakti Carlo, Internet Dave, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, or me. That being said, I have a statement to make. I, Jeff Jackson, also known as J.J. Sexay, Mr. Money on the Mic, the co-founder and owner of Sunday Night Showdown, feel the need to address some comments that were made at myself and my wife, Harmony, a few weeks ago. First and foremost, WrestleTalk Radio died in August of 2007 when myself, Harmony, and Mark Bichard DiCarlo walked away due to personal conflicts with my former business partner and founder also of WTR, Tim Stein. WTR was started in 2004 with myself, Tim Stein, David Thomas. In the three and a half years the show was on the air, we had a revolving door of who's who on the show. As far as the host went, Jason Clevett came in in 2004, late in 2004, and took over in my absence while I made a move from Arkansas to Oklahoma. We also had Rick Titan, the former Razor Ramon II, who was also a co-host at one point in time on that program. We had some of the biggest names in the wrestling industry appear on Wrestle Talk Radio at that point in time. Guys like Nick Foley, who made several appearances, Sid Vicious, Booker T, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Matt Hardy, AJ Styles, and Samoa Joe, to name a few. In 2007, in August of 2007, when we walked away, the week after, Tim Stein, still wanting to continue on, renamed the show Wild Talk Radio. He took it in a new direction, and I was fine with that. He went to a sports and wrestling format, which again, I had no issues with. What I do have issues with is a year later, after the ratings of said show, they lost 80% of their listeners, decided to go back to the Wrestle Talk Radio formula and decided to call their little network over there Wild Talk. Fine, Danny, that was their prerogative. What I do have a problem with is the fact that they take every interview and every promo that myself and one Jason Clevett, the Slam Wrestling, and we booked 95% of that show. 
I find it really disheartening that they would come back and try to make a name off something that I built. I started WrestleTalk Radio along with Tim Stein. Tim Stein isn't even a part of your WrestleTalk show anymore and hasn't been for quite a while. I was floored when I found out that four listeners of the show, led by one Drew Salzmimmer, also known as the Spud Guy, and I said your name on radio. You know why? Because you said mine last week, or whenever it was you called me out a couple weeks ago. So we're all on a first-name basis, Drew. My problem with you is that you seem to think that you're a WTR original. I just named you off WTR Originals. You didn't come along until after I left that show. And you know that's a fact. You come out and you talk about how... Oh, what was it you said? You talk about how WTR started the concept of what we're doing now in Sunday Night Showdown. How we stole the concept from WTR. How can one who founded a show steal his own concept? That's a stupid statement. Like, do you even think before you open your mouth? But let's get at some personal comments that you made. You made a comment that nobody could give two shits about Sunday Night Showdown. Nobody wants to listen to me and my wife talk about wrestling. In fact, we don't even care about professional wrestling. That in fact, I do it just so I can beat off to the sound of my own voice. Wow. You even made comments like you had waited so long to call me out and say what you needed to say. And the best that you got coming out of the gate is that I beat off to the sound of my own voice. Well, last I checked, Drew, I'm not a fifth grader. So, if you want to get some new material, maybe you should go back to the fifth grade playground that you got that from. Some grown man, and I don't need to resort to such stupidity. I didn't come on here tonight to make you look like a jackass. You do that very well on your own. You don't need my help. And I find it really disheartening that your colleagues, whom I have no problem with, I have no problem with Tyler, I have no problem with Nick, I have no problem with Mace, and up until Tim let the Rottweiler off the chain, bring you the trade off, I had no problem with him. In fact, we had brokered a business deal together. He actually built a website for my wife earlier in the year. And she did pay for it. And at that time, there were discussions of the Sunday Night Showdown coming over to your network. And I told Tim Stein at that point, if that were to happen, we would not be exclusive to your little network. I don't care either way. But she makes the comment that I wanted to go to your network just so I could have guaranteed listeners. Well, if I did go to your network, then I would have the 12 people that run your website and that run shows. I would have a guaranteed 12 people listening to my show. But without you guys, I'm doing just fine. My ratings and my stats in the chat and downloads prove that obviously people don't give a shit about what I have to say. On any given night on your network, you have 10 people in the chat room. And more than half of them are moderators on your site. So that argument really doesn't hold a candle, now does it? Now, I know 
So you're probably sitting there and you're rolling your eyes and you're thinking, oh, whatever. Well, you know what? I'm not coming here with accusations and bullshit. I'm coming here with fact, which is something that you couldn't do. You want to prove me wrong and come with me a fact. You don't have any. And you don't have a leg to stand on. And you really have no argument as far as your little beef with me. Because this beef had nothing to do with you. When I walked away from WPR, it had everything to do with me and Tim's time. And you make the comment that I screwed somebody over that I shouldn't have. Again, doesn't pertain to you, now does it? You don't know why I left? Nobody does. And you know why I keep it secret? Because I'm, I have some respect for Tim's time, but it doesn't need to go public. But I can honestly say that I have made two shows a successful name. One of them being WTR, the other being Sunday Night Showdown. I have no qualms about saying that. You were just a guy who Tim Stein needed to fill in for a radio show so he could keep a name on a network that was once, was, was, was once a name. A legitimate name at that. You had no business using that name. You have no leg to stand on. When you build a show from the ground up that's your own idea, then you might have an argument with me. But stealing my shit don't work for me. You aren't the one that busted your ass for three and a half years on WTR, booking interviews. You aren't the one who made connections. And I get Tim Stein his due. He was a damn good producer. And he was a damn good guy when it came to building websites. He did all that. I didn't. But when it came to show promotion, when it came to booking the guests, I'm the guy that did all that. And it pisses me off to no end that you guys in your little interview reach out. And I'll give you kudos. I will give you guys kudos. In the last couple of months, you've managed to get two good interviews. You have. The problem is nobody's tuning in to listen to them. But my point is this. Go out on your own and do your own thing. Don't steal my labors and try to make a name for yourself and then have the balls to come out on your own show and call me out. Did you really think, did you really think that I was just going to sit by and let you talk shit to me? Do you know who the fuck I am? Since time should have held us. That's why you got to see it a week later. I mean, really. And yeah, Tim Stein uh, supposedly suspended you. I don't know when you're coming back. I was going to record this and send it to you guys tonight to see if you would play it. Because you did call me out tonight. I was called out for June 28th. That's why I'm responding tonight. And I'm going to reiterate, I have no problem with Tim Stein. But I do have a big problem with you. And that being said, what do I have to say about it? I'm really disappointed that the best you can come up with is that I beat off to the sound of my own voice. Seriously. That is such playful bullshit. I mean, if anybody likes the sound of their own voice, Drew, I would think it would be you. Seeing how you have, I don't know, four or five shows on Wild Talk Network? That was an asinine statement. But I digress. That's all I'm going to say about it. I'm done talking to you. If you got a problem with me, 
You can take it up with me. I'm not going to give you any more of my precious airtime. Because let's face it, I wasn't going to respond to all this, but I feel the need that I should. I don't want to give you any publicity or any airtime. And you know what pissed me off more than anything? Not the fact that you said I beat off to my own voice, because I actually kind of thought that was funny. What really pissed me off was that you brought my wife into it. I'm the one that made the comment that your show wasn't relevant. Not my wife. And oh yeah, I guess I should acknowledge that you did apologize to her, but then in the same sentence while you were apologizing, you disparaged her yet again. So, my advice to you, Drew, is to, I don't know, think before you speak. And if you have a beef with me, you can send me an email at Sunday Night Showdown at Yahoo.ca. You can call Tim Stein and get my number from him. And feel free to call me on the phone. And I'll be glad to work the problems out with you. But you've got a lot of nerve bringing people's families and shit. And I'm not going to stand by and, and, and put up with it. So you want to do something about it, you know how to get a hold of me. You want me face to face, and I got no problem with that either. Feel free to book you a flight to Calgary. We'll talk about it. I'm not a hard man's friend. But the next time you come at somebody with something, at least have a little sack to back it up, or at least come with a nice burn. Because again, you make yourself sound like a fucking idiot. Seriously. And we'll be right back with continuing coverage of WWE's pay-per-view presentation of the Bash here on Sunday Night Showdown. Triple H and Randy Orton continue here. We have a one-to-one contest right now, best of three regular wrestling match. This is the uh, the, the idea I've always had in the two out of three match. Start get beat the shit out of your opponent in the first match, in the first round, and pin him for six. And, and this is basically the same thing. Triple H deliberately gets himself disqualified by using the chair. Gives up the first ball. Beats the hell out of Orton. Pins him. Pins them on the floor near nearest to the nearest to the uh, the ramp and ties the score at one. Now we have our third fall, the stretcher match. Of course, the rule: put your opponent on the stretcher, take it up the the ramp, cross the yellow line, and you're the winner. So that's where we are currently here at the main event at the bench. And uh, it wasn't that long ago, guys, that we saw the stretcher stipulation of the uh, battle of the brothers between Matt and Jeff. And uh, you did a very good job of this week. The only thing that, that I've seen so far in this match between Triple H and, and uh, Legacy Randy Orton is the thought that uh, Orton went after Triple H's quadricep early in the match and uh, uh, it's kind of taken a little bit away, in my own estimation, from the entire match, given the fact that Triple H's uh, leg has been somewhat incapacitated uh, uh, to no extent, and that we see Randy Orton setting up the stretcher, 
uh, right in front of the uh, the ramp, he's uh, now trying to uh, get Triple H onto it, and uh, uh, we'll continue. But once again, in the what now sixth or seventh match of this card, the it's almost like CM Punk gave. 16,000 people a collection card because you're asleep again. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. It's the only thing I can say about that. Wow. And one other thing. For those of you that don't know, and you do now, hell has no scorn like the gigolo. You know what, guys? I, like I said, I made my statement. And Are you like that? I, I made my statement. That's that's how it is. That's how I feel. And that's how it will be left. That's all that's going to be said. That's all. I'm just, I want to say one thing. I'm not, I'm not disparaging anybody here. I just want to make the point that I'm not the one that started this whole thing. I did make a comment a couple weeks ago. I did say that their show wasn't relevant. Uh, I stand by that comment. I did say that. However, I'm not the one that's been taking shots for the longest time here. They used to have an intro where they would use all my stuff. And then that same intro, they turned around and threw it on my producer here who used to be a part of their show. And that was insulting me and my show. And I'm really bothered when I hear that I stole my own concept. When four-fifths of this show were WTR. And that's all I got to say about it, seriously. I'm done. Who was it? Well, the only person that's here, that's not here, it's been fine. Everybody else was... Well, four-fifths of this current show was WTR, the original. No, 100% of this show. 100% of this show is four-fifths. Well, no. I just need to make one thing perfectly clear, as Richard Nixon once said. The simple fact of the matter is, is that we do this show, and we did that show, because we have fun doing it. If you guys can't laugh either with us or at us, you are like the crowd in Sacramento tonight. Okay? If, if you can't laugh at, at some of the, the wacky and weird things that we say on a show-by-show basis on this show and the former show, then you are asleep. Then you are one of those that have absolutely no sense of humor. If you can't have fun with us in, in a genre of, of entertainment that we like and have been a part of in some way, shape, or form, either on the internet radio side or on the television production side, either part of a wrestling show, either in the United States, like Jeff, or, or either like Harmony, and the world-famous Stampede Wrestling, Internet Dave covered, has covered professional wrestling in Western Canada for, for decades. Okay, there you go, decades. Well, actually, it'll be 10 years in November. Very decades. There you go. Chris is one of the most uh, reputed Internet wrestling uh, writers that there is in Canada on Slam Sports. I've been involved in professional wrestling for 30 years. Um, my grandfather was very like his partner in the old AWA. I've done Stampede Wrestling, run other promotions, uh, Western Canadian Extreme Wrestling, uh, Young Guns Wrestling with Hotshot Johnny Devine. And you know what? 
we all have had an enormous amount of experience, but even more so and more importantly, I think I speak on behalf of everybody on this show, we've had more fun in this genre of sports entertainment or, or entertainment in general, and that's why we do it. We don't do it to listen to the sound of our voice. We don't do it for any other reason than by sitting around enjoying some pizza, or even more importantly than that, the world-renowned culinary qualities of Harmony Jackson. And we have fun. And we hope you have fun. We hope everybody in the chat has fun. Well, if you don't have fun, if you don't, if you can't have fun watching wrestling, then go watch a fucking soap opera. Well, and what's the point that you make? We have a good time when we do this show. That was one of the things that was brought up in uh, in Drew's little uh, rebuttal against me was that nobody uh, that we don't care about the business. That you know, we just give you a lot of reasons why not. Not only care about the business, we are and have been at various times part of the business. We didn't come along on a show because a certain somebody couldn't find anybody to host it and didn't want to host it himself. And you know what? Kudos to everybody on WCR. But you know what, guys? Lighten up and try to have some fun. You know? And it's, it doesn't create more listeners if you are creating heat with somebody else, no matter what the circumstances are. No. So listen up, have some fun on your own show, and maybe if you listen to our show for a little while, you'll see how to have some fun. Because you know what? We are all guilty. No sidebar needed, Your Honor. We are you're all guilty and sin for on a show-by-show basis of having fun doing what we're doing. And really, we do have fun. And each one of us has a knowledge. So we can sit around and we can have fun, and people can enjoy us having fun, but we also bring experience and knowledge to the table here. And trust me, I did not fall on my back hundreds upon hundreds of times on the hard cement floor of the dungeon and end up covered in bruises many, many days of my life because I don't even care about the business. I bumps on the wood walls. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm done with this topic. I just want to say one thing. Again, if we didn't care about the business, we wouldn't be doing a show. And I sure as hell wouldn't do three pay-per-view shows in a month because that's money coming out of my pocket that I could be spending on something else if I didn't give a shit. With that being said, I've had enough of this little WCR play more. It's not, it's not something that I want to continue. I'm not here to have a stupid little internet play more with another show. It's just not going to happen. Okay, so we are in fall number three. Okay, Triple H just pedigree. Uh, Randy Orton is uh, riding onto the stretcher, which is about two feet away from the magic line here at the top of the uh, of the rampway. Here in the set, Raw Championship match, and this oh, oh, two feet away. Oh, oh here comes Cody Rhodes. Don't make Cody. Not strong enough to keep the stretcher back. Here, here, yeah. It's only Cody Rhodes. Well, don't forget that Cody and Bianca and Randy Orton had a bit of a screaming fest at each other earlier because Randy Orton, oh, because Bianca accused Orton of only of only caring about uh, about the him being his lackeys 
Uh-huh. We, we just had a, uh, a microphone malfunction at the junction, but... Uh, malfunction at the junction. They fixed it. Anyways, Henry, Tuesday night, do this on the night. Sunday night. Sunday night. Tonight. Yes. What time? Now they it. Oh, it's already been on. Okay. Archived. So, Sunday night. Okay. So, archived, but you guys do it Sunday night? It doesn't matter when we do it. You do it whatever the hell you want. Archived on Sunday. There you go. Okay. All right. And a low price of only $4.95 to get in there. $4.99. $4.99. Anyone can get a $4.95. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, you see, 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 you
Victory Road, GNRSN.com. Somebody. Victory Road is the next GNA pay per view offering, and the next time will be here. Yeah, the 19th of July. With the evil Samoa Joe who who turned on everybody in GNA wrestling because Jim Rasta paid him a whole bunch of money. And he's been a member of the main event mafia. For now, yeah. And uh, for those of you who have watched Impact this last week, um, next week on Impact. They will be having some uh, formal meeting on air with uh, with Jeff Jack with not with Jeff Jackson with Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and Nick Foley to have some sort of. You want to call the whole name thing? What's up with that shit? Oh no, no. Hey Spencer. Okay. All right. Only my wife sees me. Yes, calls me that. So okay, we're not going to go there anymore, are we, Jeffrey? No, you're not. Yes. All right. Uh, Double J, JJ, Sex Day. Um, and, of course, what Nick Foley calls you, the Gigolo. The Gigolo. The Gigolo. But you're not a Gigolo anymore. I'm retired. Yeah. Officially. All right. Off the market. Okay. All right. All right. Only one other thing beside him. Yeah. So, no, no. Oh, you're still here. Hi. Hey, there. <laughs> All right. Don't forget, uh, <clears throat> if you missed any part of the program, you can check it out on the archive. Uh, probably this earlier, late tomorrow. And if you want, we are on iTunes. Are you Jerry and Sheena's? I'm sorry. They will be up. Probably tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon is the latest. I'm going to have to cut out all my silly mistakes as usual. But put the damn show up. There's no mistake. So just put the damn show up. That's the way it is. Hey, everybody else has to show up like the same night or like the by the, the morning. Just put the damn show up. Okay, well, don't edit anything. All right, we are on iTunes. So just make sure that it's audio quality is is up to stuff. And, and that's one thing about turning that show down that somebody could have used that our audio was, was shit for a while, but you can't make that argument anymore. Not anymore. First Sunday night showdown. Dave hit on the 49th and bought the $100,000 audio system for us here. Or so you have to have a voice. If I hit that kind of lottery, we'd be doing every show in Vegas. All right. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's look at Sunday night showdown in iTunes or, of course, net. And it'll give you all of our past shows over the last nine months that we've been doing on a regular basis. Now, before we get out of here, and we are fixing to get out of here, one more time, for the people listening, I want to go over everything that happened tonight on the program. Right. But one thing that I know Harvey's looking at the uh, TV guide, Harvey, if you miss it, John did fuck around on Kate. Can you blame him? Yes, he did. He's not my age blamer. Again, I can't blame him. I was very disappointed that Donald Trump didn't stick around. I thought that was going to last. I know we didn't get the news tonight. I apologize. I was very upset that Donald Trump. A lot of things. That's true. Yeah. That Donald Trump walked away because I was really digging the whole celebrity host every week. I mean, I was thinking we had John and Kate on one week, and the promos between those two would be freaking great. I mean, I sort of need to take this as professional wrestling. Now, one other quick thing before we get off the air. I cannot believe that the WWE is stupid enough 
to change the name of one of their programs for the last 10 years, No Mercy is No More. Right. They replaced it with what, Dave? Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell. So now we're going to have a pay-per-view. Not only is it a match, it's a pay-per-view. So now, we've got Hell in a Cell is a pay-per-view. So I'm assuming, is that going to be like TNA where every match is in Hell in a Cell? Please, no. Although, I have a feeling that you would do better. Are they going to steal the lockdown format? Please, no. Well, that would be hard. That would give you hardly two complete cage match pay-per-views on a yearly basis. Yeah, but you know what? I was super excited about the all cage match pay-per-view until I actually saw the first one. And it it does nothing for me. The cage is not utilized. It's no, it's just another footage pool with other kids and gimmick matches that just happen to be the cage. Don't even get started. But you know what, I, I, was, I was very disappointed at changing the name of No Mercy. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, Annihilation is now the new name, and I guess they're going to be gone with the concept of Saturday, Sunday. Do we need Annihilation and Armageddon back-to-back? And what we've got... What's next after that? Mutilation? Well, you've, you've got Annihilation, you've got Survivor Series, and then Armageddon, isn't it? So, I don't know where to go with that. But that being said, uh, let's run down exactly what happened tonight in the matches, and then we're getting the fuck out of here. All right. Melina lost the women's championship to Michelle McCool, and somebody won a bet. Dolph Ziggler beat the Great Holly after Kane interfered in the uh, no-DQ match rules that was set up. And to quote Zack Ryder, woo-woo-woo-woo. I'm just saying. Woo-woo-woo-woo. Yeah. The Unified Tag Team Champions are not, do not belong to the Colognes or because Edge and Chris Jericho were added by the apparently soon to be fired Say Long, the uh, general manager said and was told to make an impact, so he certainly did. Well, yeah, hey, hey, Jericho, you're right. right. He, he is going to make an impact. He'll keep debuting on TNA in the future. Once he gets fired. That's right. Chris Jericho lost the Intercontinental Championship to Rey Mysterio earlier in the evening, so Rey Mysterio keeps his uh, mask on. John Cena squashed the Miz. Tommy Dreamer got the scramble match perfected and defended his ECW championship over Swagger, Christian, Mark Henry, and Finley. Stephen Punk retains his belt by getting DQ for hitting the referee on Jeff Hardy, and of course Randy Orton retains by winning the two out of three three stages of hell match over Triple H. And, and I really gotta say, guys, that it's been a long time since I've seen a WWE pay-per-view with this many different strange finishes. They really really had the whole card booked very well and a lot of swerves and a lot of different finishes, different maneuvers in in the matches. Um, Very entertaining. I give it a solid 8. I'm going to give it a B+. I don't do numbers. No, I, I don't. I don't. A number, a number of years going away. Well, A, I love doing it, and two, no, I'm going with B. Sorry, I just already to it. I do the letter grade. I don't do the number grade. But with that being said, uh, honestly, on behalf of Marcus Carlo, who is staring very profoundly at whoever that is on the BET Awards, I didn't know he had jungle fever over there. Three years. Well... 
in the dark were all black. That being said, on behalf of Mark, you the car. By the way, the views by by the Jigolos, or pardon me, by the Jigolos JJ Sexy, are not necessarily those views of the rest of us here on Sunday Night Showdown. And once again, let me reiterate that the Jigolo is not a racist. I'm not. It's true. In the dark, we're all black. It's cool. Anyway, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're right here. We've got uh, Mark Bichotti Carlo, Internet Dave, on behalf of my wife, Boom Boom, Harmony, Sex Day, and of course me, Mr. Money on the Mic. We're going to get out of here. We'll see you in a couple weeks for UST on Saturday night, the 11th, UST 100. Lesnar versus Mir for the UST Heavyweight Championship. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now, that being said, uh, we're going to end this with our song of the night. Of course, we don't steal a song of the night because I'm not going to sing it. That's straight up thing. Yeah, well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this one goes out to Drew and anybody else got a problem with me. We'll see you guys later. Good night.